Yo, what's good, everybody? We are live now, as you can see. I have Mr. Abyss, aka the writer's Glock, with me. A man with a very sharp pen, I can tell you that. Um, he is uh, just, uh, we're getting a little last minute set up. You know how it is. We get caught up in the conversations because, yo, the man is interesting. So my name is Holden Stefanroy. Is behind that suit. This is our next uh, interview that we have lined up for y'all. We're going to get into it with a big conversation. But before we do, we should talk a little bit about Mr. Beast because Mr. Beast is a special man behind that suit history, believe it or not. See, once upon a time back in 2018, he hit us up and he's like, y'all want to do an interview? And I'm like, okay. Cause like I mean, but for us it was big, right? We had never done an interview. This was like a brand new idea, and we researched interviews and all of this shit, and we really got into it, and then we did it, and it was pretty fucking wonderful. Um, and then all this time later, it seems that interviews is about to become the biggest thing that we do and our, our primary focus. So in a huge way, it was our experience with Mr. Beast re uh, reaching out to us two years ago and just believing that we were like qualified to do this that led to this moment like straight up without flight trying to like fly i'm booked up to like into the next year already which is just nuts for me and in a way it's like i have to thank you because without <laughs> you wanting to even talk to us in the first place and reach because yo we didn't i don't even know if we were at a thousand subscribers yet like we may have been under a thousand subscribers at that point um yeah we we've hit two now lovely it's still a tiny number so the fact that this guy reached out to us like that and made that happen is wonderful plus his music's smart Right, yo, I like to start off with the praising. We gotta tell the people why you dope. Um, when I say smart, I mean like, yo, I was listening to his bars today, and I'm like, I I have watched 45 minute YouTube videos on some of the sentences he has said in terms of the levels or references the man makes. So I promise you, in the sense of like a Wu Tang kind of styled coded lyricism, where if you talk stop and you break down that bar a little bit and you go Google the specific words the man is saying. You are going to find like a story or a thing attached to it on top of having the precision of, yo, I didn't even understand the pocket the last time we talked. Since we last talked, I understand the pocket a lot better. And yo, I was just sitting there listening. I'm like, yo, he's so he's pre precise. It's like the split second level of perfect where it needs to be. Every syllable is being rhymed with fucking finesse. Oh, no, you're, you're too much. I'm not even playing though. Because I've been really like, as a person, you know, trying to study the art form more, looking into certain things like the pocket. Pocket is about easy, like ease of listening is what the pocket really comes down to. And you're in that shit. And you have this like strength in your voice. I'm going to say, if you don't want to think... Beast might not be the guy for you, but if you are into that thinking, music, that powerful, like you're going to have some philosophy going on inside of your brain, that is, the, and, and the production, straight up, straight up that classic shit, straight up that 90s golden era stuff. Anyway, we're going to get into a bunch today. I just had to tell you, that is my impression going in with Mr. Beast. Like, I'm not, I'm not gazing. I, I do. I do get a little enthusiastic, but it's all truth what I said. Y'all can go check it. Links in description on the YouTube video. My bad for the Twitch. Uh, yo, we live on Twitch. So those of you watching who want to be able to comment and ask Mr. Beaster questions in the future or other interviews, make sure to check that out. Twitch.tv slash behind that suit. Okay, plug it over. All right. I've, 
I'm going to go into my first question that I'm asking everybody now. And we didn't ask this in the first interview, which you should check out because we're going to we're not going to go as much into that stuff. I did listen to it. Yo, your lady friend Bonnie is excited to learn about you, Beast. Already a comment in the chat. That's fucking wicked. I don't know if you can see it, but if you do have the Twitch open, you'll be able to see the comments. Let me see. I don't know what I got to do. So you got to just go to, to that URL that I sent you and you click on that. And then you click where it says live now and it'll open it up and then you want to mute that because it'll be annoying otherwise and uh you'll be able to see the chat on the side so if people's asking questions and stuff you'll be able to see the interactions coming through and that's why i love this platform anyway to the first question i have it's based on a little epiphany so my, my lady friend uh was doing some dishes and she's bumping some black eyed peas like that i got a feeling track and yo Let's be real. When I'm like young, and that's that was the club shit. That that was what was up there. That was what we was all turning up to and whatnot. So it made me realize that, in a lot of ways, the music you do chores to, it's gonna be and it's evolved a bit. But the club music, the stuff that's like close to your heart, the stuff that's ethereal to like your existence. So that made me realize that a young beast, little little guy, three right. whatever, he's cruising around. His initial inception into the world of music is absolutely going to be what the fuck his parents were bumping in the car and doing chores and all that shit. And I didn't ask you that last time. So I would love to know what is a little beast's inception into the world of music? What was the stuff going on around him as a youth? Wow, it's amazing because I actually was just really, really, like yesterday I was bringing my son out to visit his mom and stuff like that. And I was on my way back home. Um, I was like, putting some of that some of those old records that that, that my mother used to play and Amazing. um my mother my mother used to play a lot of Gene Lepante I don't know if you ever heard of him Gene Lepante he's a jazz artist and then okay. also I listened to a lot of um Whitney Houston believe it or not uh Whitney Whitney Houston I listened to a lot of Earth Wind and Fire um believe it or not the first the first rapper that my mother used to listen to was uh cool modi and i want to say hold on before we even get started before we even get started all tangents are acceptable can we have just just two seconds a moment of silence for my mother uh my beloved mother um she passed uh december uh 2nd uh 2019 so let's just have a moment of silence right quick That's what's up. Now, I mean, she used to play, and believe it or not, my mother played everything from Kenny Rogers to Cool Mo D. You understand what I'm saying? So, I mean, I was just all over the place. Sam Cooke, um, uh, like I said, Earth, Wind, and Fire. She was a big fan of the Spinners, um, Smokey Robinson. You know what I mean? Just like Motown and a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? So I was influenced by a lot of that. And was like music a big part of that era of your life? Like were you all singing and dancing and popping around a lot? Or is music just oh, like yeah. there? No doubt. No doubt. I remember when my mother bought our first house. She bought our first house. You know, my mother, my mother was born and raised in the slums of Providence, Rhode Island. You know what I mean? On South Providence, Rhode Island. If anybody knows um, anything about Providence, Rhode Island, South Side is um, it's, 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 it's the bottom, the bottom. And so um, she came from uh, South Side, uh, uh, Providence, Rhode Island, and uh, raised up. And, and, and God bless her soul. When she passed, she was living in a penthouse down in Detroit on the riverfront. You know what I mean? So 
that, that's what's up. That's what's that's up. amazing. Yeah, I mean, I I look forward to learning more about this journey, actually. So after the the little childhood part, we started realizing, okay, let's say between five and puberty, it's kind of the same thing. Music's there, you bop around and stuff, but puberty, now that's where it gets different, right? Now, I don't know the exact age. Everyone knows it for themselves. For me, it was the Thong Song by Cisco. That was it. That was when it all happened for me, and I started to discover I liked music. So um, I was 12. It was great. (laughs) That's a great song. (laughs) Um, But for you, when was that moment, and what was it that, like, first you left, this is what my parents listened to, and this is what I listened to? I, I think it was probably Dana Dane. And um I had a I had a really, really, really good friend. Actually, um she's still my friend. Um, um it's a platonic situation. Um and she she hit me off with like this public enemy um cassette tape. Ooh. And so uh, it was like one of Public Enemy first joints. And she she was listening to it back in the background, you know what I mean, when I was like um in middle school and we used to talk on the phone all the time. And I was like, damn, what the hell is that you're playing? You know what I mean? And she was like, that's Public Enemy. You don't know about Public Enemy? And I was like, wow, I got to check that out. You know what I mean? And then she gave me the tape the next day in school, I think. And honestly, I never returned it. I never returned it. And so I I ganked her, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I ganked her for the tape. And also, like I say, Dana Dane and uh, Curtis Blow, Curtis Blow, uh, he had this record called uh, Basketball, um, talking about playing basketball and stuff like that. And so those were kind of the records that was really like early, early, early on that really, really caught me and was like, yo, this is the culture I want to be a part of. That's crazy. And especially because you said Public Enemy, right? Like, I mean, I was just sitting there going, imagine the first hip hop song, let's say that I really got into was fucking Chuck D and them blasting political messaging. And then I listen to Beast's music all this time later, and I'm like, that makes a lot of sense, actually. That's why I love this line of questioning, because I think um, that trace of influence is super, it's like it is, there is that line that will end up in the current modern career. And I think I think Chuck D would dig what you fucking write. I'm not even gonna lie. His shit's still fire, still in that same vein. Why wouldn't he? You know what I'm saying? Cause yeah, you're good. That's what's up. I got I do have a I do have a bucket list of uh producers and artists that I would like to work with. Um I have pretty much worked with pretty much most of them. And like I say, Bronze Nazareth was was in my bucket list that I wanted to work with. I always wanted to spit over one of his tracks and I did it. Um, I always wanted to spit over Fourth Disciple, one of his joints. I did it with the Mutual Funds joint that, that's going to be released on um, 12-12-2020. And um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Um, fair enough. I do... There might actually be a little lag with the video to your voice. Do you mind talking in? This is the downside of live. Okay. And now you're good. Yo, Sometimes yo, it just happens. Mike check, Mike right, check. We, Mike we check. are good. Live mic checks and all. And big ups to everybody watching. We totally appreciate you being here with us because it's not zero. And that makes this like, it just makes it feel like more of a show. But I yeah, definitely want to run. How many people are watching? How many people are watching? Currently, currently we're at five. 
which is which is a good ah, start. We we'll get that number up. We gotta get it. It'll happen. So if you're watching, you know people, you vibing. Make sure to tell your friends. But usually how it works, because we're gonna be here for a while, is as it goes longer, the nut people come in, because people are gonna see it in 25 minutes. You know, in an hour, I'm gonna post. Yo, we still doing it. Come check. You know, like that kind of stuff. I got a whole um, bottle of Moet to finish. You know what I'm saying? I love it. Uh, but for me, that's what it is, man. It's just to create that vibe. Like we're having a conversation, and we're going to learn a lot of stuff about Beast today and uh, deal with the internet and all of that as it comes in real time. Um, but that's pretty cool. So you're like middle school. That's like, what, 12, 13-ish? I'm, I'm in Canada. We I don't have a middle school up here. Yeah, I think my son is, my son is 14, and he in the ninth grade, 14, going on 15. So I think... Probably middle school, I was 13, 12, and 11. 13, 12, okay. and 11. Yeah. So you're yeah. in there, and you discover Public Enemy and them. And then um, at what point between discovering Public Enemy, because that usually happens in high school or that age, do you like, I'm going to be a rapper? How does that transition um, actually come to life? To be quite honest, um, my brother, I have an older brother uh, named Darnell. And matter of fact, shouts out to Donnie. Um, and one day he came over to our house on the east side in Pontiac, Pontiac, Michigan. And we was just like chilling. It was me, him, my other little brother. And we was just chilling. And like, he was just, he was just freestyling. He was just fucking with it. You know what I mean? He was just, he was just talking shit. You know what I'm saying? And then I was like, damn, this cat, you know what I mean? He's really like making this shit up because he was saying shit that was like now, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like he was like, he was like putting shit in his rhymes that like maybe he would rhyme about the shirt I was wearing or some shit like that. And then so I tried it. And then so I tried it, you know what I mean? That was way before I got to the studio and all that kind of shit. So I tried it. And, um, and also, you know, saying I never told you this, but I, I, I won a um, creative writing contest when I was like in the third and fourth grade. So I was a two time creating writer, creative writing champion when I was no like, in, uh, yeah, when I was in the fourth and fifth grade. And like my mother, Hold I on. could hear. I, I do have to I do have to cut you off. Sorry, what? just because I heard the dingly noise and then I realized, yo, forever preach. The homeboy from Montreal is hosting this, so you're getting even more love like that. Connick, uh 33 goes, I'm all in because I love it. So I'm just saying, you're getting some comments now. I'm just saying that to encourage you to let you know people care because I want to hear more about your writing competition. Dad. That is a fascinating thing. Tell us a bit about that. I appreciate it. I won. It was, it was, it was a writing contest. And every grade in Pontiac, Michigan, in the public schools, they used to have every year each grade had a creative writing contest and okay. um i actually won it i won it uh uh fourth and fifth grade year i won it and this is like out of uh like i mean like at least 500 people submitted you know what i mean writing situations and so i won it and i think that kind of um hearing my mother i remember hearing my mother on the phone bragging to her friends about her oldest boy, Corey, um, winning this creative writing contest back to back two years straight. And so I think hearing her sound enthusiastic about that 
I think it kind of it kind of motivated me. You know what I mean? Yo, thank you for sharing that, man. I think people need to hear more because I've had similar experiences with writing and my mother being mad excited. There's this thing in Montreal, when, at least in my school board, called For All Seasons. They would collect poetries and crap from people. I got published twice in that shit. My mom oh. geeked out. And honestly, look at us. We're now MCs all this time later. So maybe That's having your mom geek out over your writing when you're a kid is a big part of encouraging us. I never even thought about that one time before. So I really appreciate you sharing that story. Yeah, that was four, that was four from fifth grade. And um, here I am today, 46, going on 47. Sometimes I think like, man, you know what I mean? Like, damn, I'm still at this shit. But in the same token, I, I look at it like, you know what I mean? I feel like I'm in my prime, to be quite honest, you know what I mean? Because right now, I got experiences to actually write about, you know what I mean? In terms of my lyrics and my content and stuff like that, you know? So I think that's what people are going to be surprised about with the Serenity LP that I'm working on with um, Supreme Wilder and uh, Fourth Disciple. Um, I think people really, really, really going to be enlightened. Um, I self-divine from uh, Rhyme Sayers. He's always been encouraging me to be honest with my writing and be vulnerable and that people will actually um, appreciate that vulnerability in terms of me being honest. You know what I mean? Yeah, just on that note, there were two lines that really, like, I fucking had to write them down because you were, it just felt like you were, like, sharing maybe more motivational stuff. It was from your track Legacy. I think it was Legacy. That was my favorite thing I heard today. He starts it off, and from the beginning, he's like, yo, I'm just going to share some knowledge and wisdom with y'all. Yo, shout out D-Shade, Montreal legend for hitting that follow. Holy shit, that is, like, the most humbling shit ever to happen. Oh, my gosh, you just... You, this is a big moment. That's all I'm trying to say. Wow. <laughs> um, but uh, basically, uh, my caught me completely off guard. But you have the right to remain silent, so do not confess. <laughs> Holy shit! I heard that, and I'm like, there's layers to that, right? Because it's good advice for people, especially if you look at something like that Netflix series of the five kids in New York, the Central Park Five, and how they fucked over those folk like that, right? That line resonated. On top of that, it's like. The snitching business, the people snitching themselves out all over their lyrics and stuff. Or I'm just going to have to go local Montreal. You all want to violate social isolation rules? Don't do it on your fucking stories. It, it's just a bad look. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I heard that line and it really hit me. Like it connected with something I wrote on Facebook this morning. Level it hit me. And then the other lyric in that, just to give you all a sense of where he's at with what he's saying here. Fall for everything if you don't stand for something. And I love that, right? Because there's a twist on the common um, idea there, you know, if you just, whatever that quote is. But the way you worded it, it's like, if you don't have principles, you're gonna be a gullible sucker. And I work in technology. And I know all yeah. about copywriting and manipulative language. And that really resonated too, because on top of whatever other connections you have in your world, you're able to just draw so much experience from it. So I just wanted to validate what he's saying to y'all, because he's not talking shit. His bars actually have that level of substance going on inside of him. You're talking about you're talking about the legacy record from my sedition LP. Yep, I couldn't remember what LP. It said 2020. It said legacy or 2019. Either I just it was legacy on Spotify. I, I, released, it, I released it kind of choppy. I didn't. I didn't do. I didn't. I didn't release that sedition LP um, like most people are used to. LPs being released, they're used to just being uh, a batch of songs just dumped in their laps. And so I didn't really do it like that this time, you know what I mean? I released it 
basically, I think it took probably like about three years for me to release that record. And I approached it, I approached that LP as if I wanted all of the records to actually be kind of like singles, you know what I mean? If you remember back in the day, people used to release an album and then they would have like a um, lead single and then they would have a follow-up and blah, 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 blah. But me, I personally wanted to approach it with the perspective that every single record could possibly be a single. And that legacy record is very, very important to me. It's the most important record that I've ever, 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 ever written um, because it's actually, I hope that it's the blueprint for my descendants. I hope that my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, um, actually even just talking about it, it brings me to a place emotionally that's um, a little bit different. You know what I mean? Usually I reserve that time for privacy and stuff like that, but it's really, really a sincere album. I mean, a sincere uh, record. And um, it, it's, it means everything to me. It means everything to me. I, I kind of was, I, I kind of was scared to release it because I know that my fan base, they kind of have come to expect really, really, really uh, rebellious um, records from me and seditious records from me. And for me, that fit because if you listen to the record legacy, I'm actually literally warning my son that, yo, shit is real out here. You gotta have some, you gotta have some guns, unfortunately, and you gotta have a certain mindset to be able to take care of you, your family, my grandchildren, my great grandchildren. It's a different perspective. I think people need to listen to it, and um, I hopefully, I, I hope that they appreciate it. Honestly, for me, it was it was just like line by line, everything is like, honestly, Dad giving you a bit of advice. I'm, That's uh, what it was. That's what it was. Now, for myself, my father's situation isn't ideal. It's not like the worst, but it does put me in a position in my 30s where I sometimes do find myself craving fatherly advice, per se. So I felt like that was a very helpful record in that regard, while also being a little, like, not to say like enjoyable, more easier to listen to in terms of like palatability. Because your other stuff, yo, it's dense, man. It's like, I got to be ready for that. I got to be in a mood for it. Not to take away from quality, but I've realized a lot of music is mood and how you're feeling in the moment. And yo, Rebellion Time, dog, you're hitting it. Every bar, man. Yo, you're, here's the example. You're dropping political leaders and international politics interlaced into your stuff. But I think one of my favorite bars on that regard was when you're like, Russia, go make America look dumb. And I'm like, yo, he's not afraid to say what he's thinking. And you could tell that you have some deep thought put into it. I, I just appreciated that. So that's it. That's it. I just, I just really, really, really wanted to give it to my son and my descendants raw. And for me, one of the most motivating aspects of being involved with the culture of hip hop is I can rest assured that I'll never die. I, my music mm. makes me immortal. My music makes me immortal. So when, when, when I do go and meet my maker, my music's still gonna be playing. It's still going So that, that, that was really, really motivating for me. That was motivating for me. But I also like what you said about 
releasing the songs individually. Um, I guess one of the bigger debates in the music culture, if you were to ask me, is how to release your album. And um, I was talking about this. What do you think? You, I mean, from your perspective, what do you think? I know you're supposed to be, I know we're talking, it, but I know, let's just chit chat. We just chit chat. That's the goal, man. That's what, what I'm going for. Think, what do you think? How do you think an artist should release music? Should it be EPs and LPs or should it be singles? Um, I think that this is a big question of what is going to work for you and your fan base is a question. And also what you want to do. So I want to be a guy who makes albums that tell stories. I wrote an album called The Alternative Grind. Whether or not you enjoy the music, I think track by track, I convey... Um, thank you, D-Shade. He says he's loving this right now. But like, I try to convey what it's like to be a guy in his like early 30s who goes to work full-time and is trying to be a rapper. That's my story. I wanted to tell that story. Is it the most listenable thing? Honestly, probably not. But I wanted to make that. So in that regard, that was the right choice. If you want to make marketable music that's going to sell, I was talking to this dude, Tech Luciano, and he's talking to men's like Merker Miyagi. He's one of the top like B studio places, in my opinion, in Montreal. If you, so he's, he's like, we're talking about people who are like dealing with masses, like actually recording a lot of people's music. And when he talked to the engineers, they're very heavy towards fuck with the auto tune, fuck with accessibility and shorter projects. You, and you, fuck with the auto -tune, you fuck with the auto tune? Yes. So it happened to me. <laughs> so what happened was, is I started reviewing albums. And I'm going to tell you something. You can't review a Lil Yachty album, picture yourself drunk with a girl on you, and not think it's a good time. <laughs> uh, just, there's no way you can do If you're telling me that Lil Yachty's music isn't fun, you're really just not into music. Like, you're into a thing. And I respect and I respect you not thinking Lil Yachty being the best lyricist. But that man, what he does to auto-tune, it's beautiful to listen to, especially if you're drunk. Especially if you're in that vibe. I never, tried it. I never tried it. I come from, I come, I guess we're seeing, you know, I, I come from, a, you know, how can I put it? I self-divine again. I mentioned him again because he's one of my mentors in this, in, in this hip hop culture. And Shabazz the Disciple is another mentor of mine. But I, I they, they, I mean, I self-divine has encouraged me to kind of change the texture of my voice every now and then organically. And I did that on um, B-Boy Revolution part two. That's yeah, going to be released. Hype. Okay. On, the first um, one is hype. Yeah, on, on December 4th. And so I am going to do that. But um, so so you like that audio tune, huh? It's not necessarily that I like it. But this is actually a huge conversation. I was going to ask you some of these questions down the line. So we're actually you know on the same page right now. I'm, I'm old school. I'm a throwback. I'm a, I'm a throwback. But it's kind of like this. You're a very message-driven guy. And I was saying to my girlfriend uh, while we were listening to your music, and she reviews the classic albums with me. So we can hear the Wu-Tang in you. We can hear the fucking power of your lyrics. And then I thought, there's not a 20-year-old on the planet that wants to listen to North Korea. Like, they don't give a shit. So the question then becomes about what about international politics? Because they're fucking oh, twenty. Well, see, I'm, I'm, but I'm, but I'm trying to. I'm, 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 I'm rapping thirty and up. Okay, 30 and but up. Let, let's take thirty-year-olds. I'm thirty-three. My group wants to still have some fun. They're still trying to vibe. They're still like, and, and in general, the world is very heavy. Because keep in mind, 
in the 90s and 2000s, and I'm, I'm trying to find weird correlations like this. The economic state of America is prosperous, right? You you have like dot-com bubbles and then you have the next bubble. So y'all is making money. Going hard is actually like a counter to making money. But since 2008, all of us hey, have been living through economic repressions. Clap it up for making money. Make money. Like, make money. <laughs> But if you think about the economic state since 2008, it's been the opposite. Everybody's broke. So now all of a sudden it's fantasies and it's like fun. And so it's really a matter of do I want my message to be reached by the largest number of people or do I want to make music? And, and the answer is going to be both. Do I want to make music that I want to listen to? So the answer to me is actually both. Ego me is still going to do what I do because I'm doing it and I love doing this thing. But if I can't prove that I can do the auto-tune, throw on some shit, yo, listen, my dude and I, we made a track called Lose Weight and honestly, I went a little more fun with it. But he slapped auto-tune on me at the end. Like, he layered it thick on a couple of lines and I heard it on my voice and I said, wow, that might be my you favorite like part of this song. It actually like is my favorite. It was my favorite part of the song, dude. And I said, holy shit. He didn't ask me. He just did it and then I loved it. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe, maybe like we just thought about auto tune weird. And if we all tried it and like had fun with it, and I'm not saying exclusively, but maybe if we all had fun with it and we looked at it like it's fun instead of like ego this and because yo, here's another thing: everybody can rap. Who the fuck can't rap? If you want to put in five years, you gonna learn how to like write your bars. I don't know about that though. Uh, hold, I don't really know about that because. Some people need to stick to being fans. I'm just being honest because, to be quite honest, it does see. I guess you're talking to a man too that when I write, when I'm writing, I'm actually literally calculating what syllable I'm rhyming on and I'm putting honestly thought into it. I'm not so just. Uh, um, I would love to elaborate more on that, but in defense of the kids, they're doing that with melody and flow. They're not doing it with bars and lyrics, but they are doing exactly, yo, I had this guy, he's 25 on here, and the way he described his melodic, right, Tech Luciano, the same guy I mentioned, he's he's my age, and he moved to the auto-tune shit for this last album because he cared more about getting his message out. Same shit, they figure out the flow and the melody to the same level of precision that you figure out the bars and the syllables. So I can't yeah. say one is better than the other, I can say they're very different focuses. But yeah. I would love to hear more about matter, your writing. I think it's a matter of perspective. I think it's a matter of perspective. And I do. Now, don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? I do like some of the new stuff. I do. I really do. I really do. But for me, I think it would come off um, as uh, disingenuous. I think it would come off as um, um, like I was just trying to all i can do is do me all i can do is do me and um bring it to the table like that and um hopefully you know what i mean the the, the fans that enjoy that old school punchline driven shit, you know what i mean hopefully they tune in you know what i mean so i think that you also have a huge chance with that angle to go back to that ep versus whatever because there's something else that is completely left off the conversation in general and from what i see it's um when the fuck in history have people above the age of 25 ever been so actively invested in music like the reason i have a chance is because there just are 30 year olds with spotify consuming new music for the first time in like history because let's be real 
It was always a young man's game. The market was always young man. Not it was young man. It was a young man's. I, I will say you're right about that. You're right about that. But I think we touched bases on this on on the last interview. When did, when did we do the last interview? Probably about two years ago. Uh, I think it was in the summer. Right. I think we did that back then. And all I was saying is like, and I still had the same perspective. If if I, uh, you know, like when I think about my mother, how about this? I think about my mother and she used to listen to, it was oldies from my perspective, but from her perspective, it was the shit. You know what I mean? Her listening to Sam Cooke, her listening to Earth, Wind and Fire, blah, 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 blah. So it's the same situation now where we got people who are 30, 40. I mean, LL Cool J is probably a grandparent by now. Chuck D is probably a grandparent right now. I know Flavor Flav is a grandparent right now. So <laughs> you, do have, you do have a segment of society that want to hear that um, witty, unpredictable talent and natural game. You know what I'm saying? You do have a, a segment of society that still needs to be fed what they like to hear. So, so I think it's a place for both of them. I agree with you. I'm not, I'm completely with you. But what, what I think what I was trying to convey is that here's the difference. Uh, your mom probably wasn't bumping the new shit the way you're bumping the new shit. Like you're <laughs> actually getting exposed to the new shit because let's be real. Like actually, good question. How do you consume new music? How do you listen to music? Um, to be quite honest, and I hope that this doesn't come off as narcissistic, but I am at peace with the fact that I am a narcissistic, narcissistic man. Um, that is who I am. Um, that's part of my character, but how it comes off to me, do you, you, can you repeat that question? Repeat so that I want to understand how you actually listen to music. Like I'll give you an example. Well, I'm a Spotify guy. So for how me, it's I all Spotify. For me, to be quite honest, I listen to the shit that that I'm creating and the artists that I have situations with create. I don't really, I don't really veer off to the to, to the left or to the right. I kind of stay in the pocket with what all our publishing is doing, to be quite honest. Every now and then I might come up for air and listen to a situation where like I like the kid, um, what's his name? Rowdy Rich. You, you familiar okay. with him? Yes, I am. Yeah, I like this shit. I mean, that's some good shit to like fuck to. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yes. when that shit hanging, Vibes. you know what I mean? Baseline and shit like that. You know what I mean? I like it. Don't get me wrong. You know what I'm saying? But in the same token, I usually generally stay in the pocket of what we doing. And and but, and, and that's just so that we 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 remain authentic and I just don't want to be influenced by, by by something. I mean, I just want to stick in the pocket with what we're doing. And I really love that idea. You're not the first person to say that to me. And I actually don't find it that narcissistic, to be honest with you. I think it's a matter of trying to limit your influences, which is like there's a, way, a few ways to look at influences. If you listen to everything, you're going to be influenced by everything. And if you listen to just this pocket, it's what's going to guide your force. So I don't know about, you know, like I, I don't know if it's right or wrong or the right approach, but I want to re-ask the question because I'm still curious about it. You want to more, Okay, yeah, come on. Because it's more about the technology of how you consume it. Do you do albums like CDs? Do you Spotify, YouTube? Like how do you literally consume your music? I do. I'm on YouTube a lot. 
I'm on YouTube a lot. I will be honest about that. I am on YouTube a lot. And see, for me, I'm gonna be honest. And this is this is like as honest as I possibly can be. Love it. The shit that I listen to, I'm gonna tell you to be quite honest, seriously. And and I'm gonna be honest. And I bet you these guys are listening. I listen to decompose because I want to know what he's doing. I listen to one below because I want to know what he's doing. Because for me, I listen to Bronze Nazareth because I want to know what he's doing. I listen to Shabazz the Disciple because I want to know what he's doing. Because these are the guys who matter to me. Really, to be quite honest, for me, all I really ever wanted was the respect of my peers. And these are my peers, a guy like Malachi the Most High. That, that started off uh, the KGB record with Binary Star. A guy like Sanam Silla that, 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 that broke off and had a situation with One Below and then, you know what I mean, they had their differences and he split and did his thing. Um, a guy like Jared. Jared is a producer uh, out in West Hollywood, excuse me, West Hollywood that works with Bobby Brown and a whole bunch of other guys. So for me, to be quite honest, I only wanted the respect of my peers. I want to make sure that when Bronze Nazareth, even though we don't work together anymore, when Bronze Nazareth listens to a Beast record, I want to make sure that he knows like, yo, Beast ain't, Beast ain't no motherfucking hope. This shit is ill. This shit is ill. You understand what I'm saying? When, when, when Shabazz the Disciple listens to a Beast record, I want them to say, yo, this motherfucker's ill. When I self-divine listens to a record, these are my peers. You understand what I'm saying? So it's just a plus for me when fans listen to it. But for me personally, when I go to the lab and I'm writing and I'm recording, I want the respect of my peers. That's it. I hate to, I, that's it. Everybody else, it's just cool. You know what I mean? I appreciate your support. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But I want my peers to respect what I bring to the table. I absolutely love what you said there because it's kind of correlated to what my follow-up question is. But shout out for uh, Preach and Cobia for bigging up the chat and being cool in there. Shout out D-Shade. He says, wow, shout out to One Below. That's a, that's cool. I felt like you want to hear that comment. We got oh, 11 well, people well, now. Well, well, I'll tell you. Let me take. Let's stay with that for a second. Let's do it. One below. Thanks, D Shade. One below. One below and me. At least I have to. I can only speak from my perspective. It's a love. It. It's a love and hate relationship. It's kind of like um. It's it's competitive. It's kind of like um. I respect what he does, and I guarantee you. I guarantee you he respects what I do too. But in the same token, it's very, very, very competitive. It's a competitive environment. Um, but uh one below, I would say if anybody is out there listening, check out his um check out his catalog. I guarantee you you'll find something that'll um inspire you and that will um uh, motivate you to be a better person. Yeah. I really like that because um, personally, I'm into self-growth. So the idea of looking up to people and that motivation is fire. But I did want to ask you about success because I think um, down the line, that's part of my, my current level of questionings. Um, what does success actually mean to you? Because it sounds to me like the respect to your peers is is like the level of success in your life. Like You hit that 
and that's it. You're good. You just want to earn, keep it though. Like that's what it felt from what yeah, you said. Yeah, but we gotta, we gotta, we gotta put some, we gotta put some cash in that too. You know ah, I love it. Right, I can't so- lie. You know what I mean? But the thing about with the cash is, I refuse to compromise my creative integrity. Excuse me. Excuse me. It's okay. Me. We drinking while he's drinking. <laughs> I, I refuse. Yeah, man. Moet should give me a Moet should give me a uh, 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 endorsement. Hopefully, we can score an endorsement off of this. But anyway, right. I refuse to compromise my creative integrity for the for the sake of um, financial gain. Um, but in the same token, you know what I mean. When 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 you're a father. And um, your son needs to get his hair cut, and um, you you gotta make sure you get his hair cut. Or like my son, my son's a wrestler. You know what I mean? He he hey, has that's to cool. Yeah, he has to get the practice, and bills have to be paid. So I definitely definitely want bread too. But I guess the most thing, the most important thing, seriously, all kidding aside, if if I die. And my peers say that they respect what I do. I'm fine. I'm fine. You're high. And I'm just being 100% honest. If I die and my peers come to my wake or whatever it is my son sets up for me, and they come and they say they respect what i've done in my opinion i've won i've won because the money the money is come the money is coming it right now right now it's phenomenal to be an artist because you don't need a middleman you understand what i'm saying i release stuff and 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 it just comes directly in it comes direct directly in think about the decompose uh project maintain composure which i think is 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 an absolutely spectacular spectacular album if people really really just listen to that album from beginning to end it's sensational and i just sensational if i can just ask so that the people listen and feel more enticed to go listen okay okay now let me tell you i'm gonna tell you the beats and the rhymes we talking about a mathematician he's a producer that basically approaches the art of production from a mathematical perspective and then when he when he rhymes too and then also it's comforting right now we in a situation where we don't know what the hell is going on tell me the truth if you woke up tomorrow morning and you heard sirens going off and 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 you looked at the tv and they said go to your basement and lock down would you be surprised uh no I wouldn't be no, that surprised. Be surprised. Right, exactly. You wouldn't be surprised. We living in an age right now where any fucking thing can happen. Any fucking thing. And the album name is Maintain Composure. Like I said, it speaks for itself. I hope people check it out. Um, I love it. Uh, I I will link to your website. It's all I publishing. It's everything over there. Ain't no question. All I publishing. That's what it is. That's the name brand. Right so now, tell we, them about that. Yeah, right now we got lined up. Okay, the, the the release the release sequence right now 
is um, I got a record coming out, a single coming out called B-Boy Revolution Part 2. I dropped B-Boy Revolution Part 1 on my Sedition LP. and It's um, a banger. Hold up. Can we stop there? That's some fucking <laughs> actual B-Boy shit. So listen, I think dancing super important, and I have to give credit to you on that one. That's some fucking, you could like two-step to that proper on that track, and then you ride the beat. Like, I, the best comparison I can think is this fucking Tech 9 song where he has a very similar beat, and honestly, it just it's good company there. Like, I don't know. It, to Tech me, it was nine, fucking Tech cool. Nine, I got a lot of respect for Tech 9. Tech 9, um, he's actually, excuse me, Excuse me. He's actually a uh, very, very inspirational guy. Tech Nine is um, really, really, really awesome. But I mean, B Boy Revolution Part One, and then now I got B Boy Revolution Part Two coming out, and it's coming out. Actually, the significance of that is it's coming out on December fourth, uh, twenty twenty, and December fourth, nineteen sixty nine. I think it was um, a guy by the name of um, Fred Hampton. Um, he was a um, uh, uh, political. Um, he was a he was a Black Panther, and um, right. I want to celebrate. I want to celebrate his life, and I want to show that you know what I mean. His his message wasn't wasn't forgotten, and so I'm releasing B Boy Revolution Part Two on the day that he got assassinated by um, the Chicago police and the uh, FBI. The FBI, um, they they both assassinated him. Um, again, it, it depends on your perspective, but um, it's been proven that you know what I'm saying. Unfortunately, the FBI and the um, Chicago police assassinated him. So that's when B Boy Revolution Part Two will be dropping December fourth, um, and then after that, I got a record with a uh, Fourth Disciple. You ever heard of Wu Tang Clan? Of course, everyone. I think I think all thirteen <laughs> people here on this chat. Have in fact heard of the Wu Tang Clan, <laughs> right? So Fourth Disciple produced that, and I will say he's a man of um, very, very few words, um, but his words, words, his words are very, very potent, and um, he's not afraid to tell you, yo, you know what I mean? You didn't really come back, you didn't really come with that, you know what I mean? You need to rewrite that, you know what I mean? Or either you need to re-record that, and just to have his respect and the fact that he will actually work with me. I mean, this is a platinum um, producer. And um, like I said, again, he was on my bucket list of producers that I always wanted to work with. And um, I got the opportunity. So that track is going to release on 12-12-2020. And that's um, Mutual Funds. I came in, I, I, I learned the game as far as finance. I learned the game as far as finance. And um, I kind of I kind of put it into a record. And then after that, and I'm going to turn it over to you. After that, we got uh, Gethsemane. And anybody who has any type of spiritual background, I would suggest you look up um, Gethsemane and understand the significance of Gethsemane. And that's a record by Shabazz the Disciple that I think is really, really, really going to elevate his status back up to uh, Crime Saga and stuff like that when he when he was young. So yo, I just found out that like we could actually play a little sample of your track and according to my DJ homie, we should be good on a copyright front. So with your permission, because you Okay, wait a minute now. What you getting ready to play, man? What you I figured B Boy Revolution would be because it's live. If we just played a little sample. Part one. Part one. Part one. Just to let them hear you because I'm talking about on my side of the conversation because we got some people from from my end of it, you know, that are hearing it that haven't yet heard your music. 
So, in theory, if I just give them a little taste of B-Boy Revolution for a minute here, and that would, that would be something cool for them. If you're okay, I just need your permission, though, Mr. Mr. Beast, if that's okay. Cut, cut, cut the check. Send me a check. <laughs> I'm but just yeah. bullshitting. Cool. We have now uh, proven to everybody, I've hit pause, that you are, in fact, a capable MC. I didn't know I could do that, so I next time I'm going to work that into my freaking uh, interviews. <laughs> Yo, you got you just got the big ups. I'm saying in the chats, they're they're feeling it. You got fire emojis and everything happening. Yo, that was a good. Hey, move. I want I want to tell Moet they need to send me. They need to cut me a check. I'm shipping ah. Moet. You know what I'm saying? They need to cut me a check. Yo, it's amazing. Yo, you're getting big ups from Montreal legends right now. I'm not even hyperbolic with that. I would call both those men hyper like legends. Like that's what's that's happening cool. right now. That's what's up. I appreciate it. Tell them I appreciate it. They can hear you, my man. They're listening right now to our chat. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a bit more about Allies Publishing because yo, Preach is agreeing with you. Cut the check. Um, but because, again, for your side, everybody knows what that is. For my side of the whole audience thing, what is Allies Publishing? I know from the last interview. Allies Publishing, what I do with that is, you know what I mean? Number one, that's, that's, that's the... Uh, situation where I definitely release all of the all of the records that I do on there but it's also um, a situation where you know um, on a on a much 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 lower uh, lower I don't know how to say it you know like I'm, I'm all into um, for me for me how can I say that for me I'm all into trying to set my son and my future generations up with um pub Publishing, I don't know if you okay. understand, but publishing, it, it never dies. Okay. It never dies. Publishing never dies. It just continually leaks money. It just continually slow leaks money. And so all that publishing right now, I already went through the um, release dates that we got scheduled, which is December 4th. We got a release date for B-Boy Revolution Part 2. Uh, December 12th, we got mutual funds coming out. Then we got on January 1st, I want everybody, when you when you partying and when you out, I want you to, I want you to uh, Google or go to YouTube and uh, check out Shabazz the Disciple, Gethsemane. And um, that's a record too, and we so got all uh, eyes, decomposed. If I can just uh, ask then, so let's pretend that like, so All Eyes Publishing, it's a label, it's a distribution company. What exactly is the All Eyes Publishing? <laughs> it's all of them. It's all of them. We 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 do uh, digital distribution. We do uh, publishing, sync licensing. You know, every time you watch a commercial on TV, you hear background music. Is that correct? Yes. Right. So that's that's sync licensing. That's called sync licensing. And so I'm real real heavy into that. Um, I purchase. I, I purchase people's uh, publishing. Um, sometimes artists get into a bind and they need some um, cash up front. And um, I offer that to them for their publishing. Um, to be quite honest, I'm, I'm just keeping it 100 with you. Um, I mean, I don't think you should ever lie on these things because I think what you're also showing, like I didn't even realize it was an option to purchase publishing off of other people. And on the other hand, I don't think people are even aware that publishing is a thing to sell like holy shit 
like what I love is these moments, these knowledge nuggets is what I call them, because that's a knowledge fucking bomb right there. A, as uh, Preach says, boss moves. I said, uh, yo, as you were saying that, I'm like, wait a second. I could just go around and offer money and I then you own it, like you said. And then for the com commercials and all that, you are the one that gets the profit. Anytime, anytime that song gets played on YouTube, on any type of platform, you receive money. And, and I'm actually right now in the process of schooling my son. My son is 14 years old right now, and I'm schooling him on how things go because I never want him to sell um, the catalog that he's going to inherit. I want him to continue to license it and um, continue to make sure that um, he pays the payroll because when, when you have uh, publishing, there's also a payroll that comes with that. And that's one of the things that actually, um, one of the things that I'm most proud of is that number one, I've never been sued by an artist um, that I've worked with or have a situation with. And I've also always met payroll. I've always paid the artists that I work with and they've received their income um, on a timely basis. And um, there's never been a situation where my integrity or anything has been come into question and stuff like that. So right now I'm schooling my son about the intricacies of publishing. And um, it, it's a wonderful thing when you really, really learn and understand it because it's like a, a it's like a, it's like a never ending slow drip of money it just continually drips slowly and um it's yours it's yours i think it's really cool that not only did you share all that but you shared a secondary thing the importance of teaching your children this kind of stuff um i'm not a parent myself but i can tell you that um having a father that is willing to invest that kind of time into ensuring your success is is a gift and, and that makes you quite an amazing man above and beyond anything else you've done. Hey, we about I appreciate this. that. We, we talked about this last time, you know what I'm saying? I, that's probably the most, 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 um, I, I love that part of my life. I'm, I'm, I'm a father and I enjoy, um, teaching my son how to be a boss. And when I say be a boss, it don't mean that you shitting on people. It just means that I'm I'm raising my son to be an employer instead of an employee, um, and um, that that means a lot to me. That's what's gonna make me rest in peace as long as my son is a boss. You know what I mean? Um, making boss moves and um, also being fair to people. And um, like I say, I, I never want to have a situation where one of the artists that we have situations with feels the need to sue us. Or feels the need, or feels the need to call our accountant um, in, into question. Um, we've always made payroll. Anytime an artist is 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 is, is um, uh, scheduled to receive royalties, we've we've always been upfront and transparent with the artists that we work with. Um, and so, um, I, I just hope that that legacy continues. Again, it's that's another huge knowledge nugget. Um, I mean, if you look at just how business is conducted, it really does boil down to reputations. And uh, as I see sometimes happening over to Facebooks, uh, one one bad moment can really stick with you and, and tarnish your reputation. And if I'm understanding correctly, you value the importance of making sure the people around you are fed, because ultimately that's part of your legacy. That's part of that thing yeah, that will earn I think, respect. I think that's what being a boss is. 
I think being a boss, you got to eat last. You mm. eat last. A lot of people don't understand that about being a boss and being and running an outfit. Um, you eat last. You fix everybody else's plate, and then you eat last. That's that's really a part of being a boss that a lot of people miss out on. They think being a boss is ah, oh, you just you just call the shots and you tell everybody what to do and blah 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 blah. No, decompose get gets paid first. Shabazz the Disciple gets paid first. Svet the Violinist, he gets paid first. Um, Solomon Childs, he gets paid first. And then we feed ourselves at the end of the day. So, I mean, I think a lot of times people forget that. You know what I mean? People want to shout out, boss, I'm a boss, I'm a boss, I'm a boss. But, the, but then when it's time for payroll, people don't want to be a boss. You understand what I'm saying? You know, so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a excuse me, it's a rewarding thing. I, like I say, at the end of the day, I want to I wanna cut a million-dollar check. I want to cut a million-dollar check to decompose. I want to cut a million-dollar check to uh, Shabazz the Disciple. I want to cut a million-dollar check to Solomon Child. You understand what I'm saying? Because, wow. look, when I, when I cut them that million-dollar check, what that mean I'm getting? Oh, shit. I hear you, man. I love the way you're speaking it. Because, yo, I think a lot of people maybe don't get the opportunity to, to, to be exposed to that kind of thinking. But when you really think about it practically, um, no, nobody's going to stick with you if you're just taking from them, right? Everybody can, like, like, everybody can find a manipulator in this world. And if you look at, look, just to go a little local with it, I'm going to say that a lot of marketing practices that I see employed by people, I'm not going to say names, it's not important, but a lot of marketing practices I see take money from the artist to support like everything else. And that would be my biggest grievance with things at home is I would wish that we all thought in a way that was a little bit more, how do artists get paid? And again, there are people doing it and there are tons of people making moves. It's never to take away from the fact that it's active efforts. It's just, that would be my diagnosis if I were to be asked. Um, so to hear you say, the literal most important part to you is to get artists paid is fucking huge for me because it's like almost like validating some of the things I'm fucking with and how I, I'm thinking about this. Like my dream for this platform is be doing this Twitch thing, right? I don't have it yet. I don't have the following. But let's say I'm making $500 in tips on this shit. I'm going, yo, beast, I'm sending you 250 after. That's the right. way I want to make this platform happen so that motherfuckers are incentivized to help build me. Because if right. you know that fucking with me is going to make you look good, then why the fuck wouldn't you want to line up and come hey, join the show? I need it. My son needs some knee pads. He needs some new shoes. <laughs> he need a new singlet. You know what I'm saying? I need it. But I feel you. I know what you're talking about. And um, it's just a beautiful thing. Like I say, my dream is to cut, decompose a million-dollar check. My my dream is to cut uh, uh, Shabazz the Disciple a million-dollar check. You understand what I'm saying? Solomon Childs, we in negotiations right now. I don't know if anybody have heard, excuse me, Solomon Childs' first project we executive produced for him, and that was Solomon Childs' greatest hits. He's a killer B, official. Um, he's actually Ghostface Killer's um, cousin or nephew. I can't remember, but... Um, he, we in negotiations right now for Solomon Child's Greatest Hits Volume 2. He has an extensive catalog. And what we do on his Greatest Hits um, uh, uh, situation is we extract um, all of all of the best of the best of his tracks. And then we put out another Volume 2 um, 
uh, 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 LP. And I'm pretty sure that we'll be able to come to terms. I got to make a trip out there to Shaolin. Um, Staten, those who don't know, Shaolin is Staten Island, New York. I'll make a trip up there and talk to him and sit down. And we're going to come to terms. I have no doubt about it that we're going to come to terms. That's amazing. I mean, I think it's pretty fucking cool that you're able to just say things like, I'm going to go to Shaolin and hang out with a Wu affiliate. Like, I'm going to be real with you. There's, there's the geeky kid in me that's like, ha, that's like the Wu, the real Wu-Tang clan. Like, that's what it that's feels like. Hearing that. I met I met Solomon Childs. I'll tell you a quick story. I met Solomon Childs one time. I was out on the road. Um, I was out with Bronze Nazareth, actually. And we went to um, Indianapolis because um, his, um, I guess, I don't know if you want to call manager or um, his um, his liaison was out there in Indianapolis. And we went out there and we was all staying in the hotel. And actually, I went out. I'll be on that coffee heavy. When I'm out on the road, I'll be out on that coffee heavy. heavy, <laughs> heavy. And Solomon Childs was at the little coffee, coffee kiosk, too. And so um, we just start kicking it and blase split, boom. He was going back to his room because he had his little bird down there, you know what I mean? His wifey. And um, but we ended up uh uh kicking off a relationship and um I'm talking about a agape, agape relationship, no, no, no funny shit. But we ended up kicking off a, a relationship and we got that Solomon Childs part two. Um, I mean Solomon Childs greatest hits volume one popped off we was in we we ended up um consolidating that deal and um like i say again i think we we in we in we in verbal verbal uh negotiations right now but um it's a process i don't know if you know but it's a process in terms of coming to terms and and, and formalizing so all I can say about that is at my day job, I have been trying to partner with other companies to sign some contracts recently to get tools. So we're talking like, in theory, they're, ten, they're five figure deals for these companies, which means both sides of lawyers got involved. And I learned a, what legal was about. Yeah. Sorry? And it was no, like I, legal. You have to have paperwork involved. Some people don't like paperwork, but really, you have to have that paperwork involved. It's unfortunate, but what you have when you have the paperwork involved and it's formalized, it's a situation where you have a roadmap on how you're getting to where you're going. And Ooh, so I like the situation where if you forget five months, six months from now what the terms were, you just go back to that paperwork and say, This is what we agreed to. You understand? I do. And uh, in my experience looking into this, uh, a lot of times it's the lack of paperwork that can cause some troubles, especially when big money came in. But don't all I know do is don't do it. I'm telling you, don't do it. Don't make a move until that paperwork is signed. But also, I learned get lawyers to read that paperwork because that I read the terms and conditions, right? And I thought I understood shit. And then the lawyer was like, mm, "This is shady, shady. This is shady." And then you like read the sentences and you you look at what the lawyer said. You're like, "Wow, if I had agreed to it as written, there was a clause in this contract that said uh, technically, if we damage their reputation by their perception, we'd have to pay them." And I'm like. Whoa, that's a weird clause, no? Right there, yeah, you gotta be careful with that. So my boss ended up going, no, we're not signing that deal. And uh, I was like, that's so interesting because like how often do you really sit there and get to like think about what lawyers, but I imagine signing a deal like that 
it's where you get to that part where it really starts to slow down when you you get to the terms and you figure it out so that's that's what i was trying to bring it back to that so i imagine that's where it becomes a process right yeah it's a process usually what i try to do you know guys that i work with too this is the thing you know what i mean people send me um my 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 all i publish an email account it gets flooded with people sending me tracks and sending me this and sending me that but i prefer a situation where I know who I'm interested in mm. and I know who I believe in as an artist and I get in contact with them most of the time. If it's a situation where you're getting in contact with me, eh, it's kind of a situation where usually I end up identifying the artists that I would like to work with in terms of signing to my publishing company. But um, I, I don't, I don't make a move. I'll tell you a true story just recently. I got a friend by the name of Zowski. He, he's been with me um, since the beginning, since my beginning. First, I started off with a producer by the name of Decompose. And at the time, Decompose was working really, really, really heavily with Binary Star. But he did see my potential. And so he took me to another producer and said, yo, listen, I'm going to be working on this binary star shit and I want you to work with uh, Zowski. And so I went out there to Southfield, Michigan, and I was working with him and it was a good fit. Um, but it's a situation where you always, always, always have to have paperwork. I find out that paperwork separates the amateurs from the motherfuckers that's real. You understand Damn. what I'm saying? Motherfuckers that's real, they're not afraid of that paperwork. They understand okay. that. Yo, I got a son. What the fuck are you talking about? We ain't doing no verbal agreement. This shit's got to be on paper. Yo, I think you're spitting some serious knowledge for the folks out there. Like, I mean, you, 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 I feel like for myself even, like I'm doing all this shit, but let's be real. I haven't really sat there and thought about paperwork very much. It has just not hit my mind yet. So this conversation alone, at least for me, is going to force me to go and consider what do I need to care about with regards to paperwork and agreements? Because I, I have had a couple of experiences where maybe having an agreement in place would have protected me more. I've never had a bad one. I've never had a terrible thing happen to me. I've been very blessed in life. Um but like i think you're teaching a lot of people a lot of things and i really fucking love that and i really appreciate you i just want to say taking the time to it because we're past an hour now of live you've shared already so much knowledge and there's still 10 people with us so that's fucking incredible beast thank you for helping make this moment as magical as it's been so far so i did want to ask you about something else because we had talked about it a little bit before and it got me thinking about boss shit and with part of boss shit there isn't really a CEO top dog guy really that isn't working out a lot. And I know you said that you were getting back into working out and that it was related to your recording process and that you felt a correlation between those things. And since I myself am also obsessed with trying to get healthy and a lot of it is my recording process, I was hoping you could elaborate on that because I think it's going to drop more wisdom for the folks. Oh, yeah. Ain't no question, man. You got to be in shape, man. You only get one body. And um, don't get me wrong, you know what I mean? I haven't always treated my body the right way, but um, um, I definitely notice a difference when I'm out take, whether it's whether it's me out taking care of business or whether it's me in the studio um, recording. 
Um, you got to take care of your body. I, I can't stress that enough. Um, your wind, it ain't even necessarily about cosmetically. I mean, of course, it's going to attract more women. You know what I mean? When you're in shape, <laughs> then you know most of the time that's what us fellas like to do. You know what I'm saying? But in the same token, as far as you being an artist, it's going to help you be able to be a better artist when your cardio is up to par and when your um um really your cardio your cardio because when you're in that recording booth and you start sweating and you get worked up and shit like that you're gonna need to be able to catch that second wind or that third wind you know what i mean i mean it does help you know what i mean when you when you're in there making love with your lady and shit like that but Big from an from an artistic standpoint it's, it's very, very important, man, to be able to um, catch a second and third and fourth and fifth wind, you know what I mean, when necessary. Yeah. I mean, really I, myself, I like, to, I like to go to Planet Fitness. Y'all got Planet Fitness out in Canada, right? I have no bloody idea. Maybe somebody out there in the chat has gone. And uh, maybe Planet Fitness is called something else in Quebec because if it's not a French titled name, it, like it's entirely possible Planet Fitness is rebranded as some other shit in Quebec because this hey, stuff's got to be in French. No, man, I need you to call. I need you to holler at the motherfuckers in uh, uh, Canada and tell them to let me in. They won't let me in, man. The lat before this coronavirus shit, they wouldn't let me in, man. They hold they hold a, a conviction, a, a distribution, and manufacturing uh, uh, situation with me back in 1999 and shit like that. They hold that against me and they won't let me in across the motherfucking river. That Detroit is... won't let me in. That's serious. Like I, I, wow. I mean, I don't think I can have that much influence calling Canada. <laughs> absolutely an interesting point. Right. Uh, I mean, personally, I've been terrified of a record my whole life. Cause my thought is the opposite. If I can't go to the States, holy shit, you know, um, yeah. like what, what, you ever, uh, been, to the States? You ever been over here? You ever been over here? I've been to Plattsburgh. Uh, it's not really that exciting. And, uh, it's in New York, right across from the border. Uh, I haven't really gone much to it. I have family in Nashville, so it's in the plains. Um, but I, I just haven't actually traveled that much. I had two like crazy experiences in one year. And then mostly, uh, I've only even been to Toronto twice. So part of my life, I have to actually, once COVID's all done with, where's go Canada's, traveling. Where's Canada's wonderland? I think it's Toronto. Is that Toronto or is that it's Niagara Falls? Cause it's in the theme song in Niagara Falls, Ontario. No, that's Marineland. Where's Wonderland? I don't even know. I'm not even going to lie. I think it's near that part of it. Um, yeah, that's in Ontario. Uh, but honestly, I've been that part of town. I've been twice. Uh, Canada is kind of huge like that. And um, I don't know. Uh, it's It was something that wasn't very important to me when I was younger. Uh, yeah. And then it became important to me. But like money was an issue at a point. And then I started doing this and yeah. uh this has me in my room a lot and so actually part of why i'm mad excited to do something like this is because my dream would be to be like yo beast i'm gonna come through uh, i'm gonna come through your part of town let's do this live and set up the show the show yeah. vision we gotta, we gotta build we gotta build we gotta get together and build you know i'm doing this serenity lp right now and it's kind of like the antithesis of um the sedition LP, you know what I mean? I think the sedition LP kind of scared off a few people, you know what I mean? With all the shit going on in the world right now, you you label, you you call your album sedition? 
I mean, that's fucked up. You know what I mean? Motherfuckers ain't really going to try to fuck with that. You know what I mean? Like the like the media. I mean, other than you, you understand what I'm saying? Motherfuckers ain't got the balls to fuck with some shit like that. Hold on, can we just pause there for a second? Because I, I actually had somebody hit me up recently in uh, the emails. Um, doesn't matter who they are. And they were like, do you have the balls to review my shit? Like, that was kind of the angle they took. Because apparently, like everyone says no and and let's say the content is in line with this edition thing i got like oh, yo this is fire like but i like run the jewels so like you know angry protest music i love punk so like to me it's just fucking dope when the the synergy of that energy crosses into hip-hop like to me it's it's just fire it's like the greatest shit but i also understand that it's not maybe politically friendly i guess or whatever but i never cared about that but i realized do other media that you deal with Cause I don't really, I, I, you know how, like you said, you don't really fuck with other people's like music. I don't really fuck with other people's podcasts and reviews anymore. I'm so fucking hey. consumed with my shit. Right. And hey. everyone always tries to tell me what I got to do with the channel. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to do it fun. But, um, I'm curious about other media. Do you get blocked a lot? Um, I don't really get blocked a lot. I think, um, I think with my sedition LP, I think those records, I think a lot of people identify them with it, identify with it um, low key, but they're not, they're not wanting to, you know what I mean? Jump out there and say, I mean, because all of my records got over, over a thousand, over a thousand views. You understand what I'm saying? And it's obvious that, excuse me, excuse me. It's obvious that people uh, are feeling it, but in the same token, they kind of want to feel it low key. They want to feel it mm. under the radar and off the uh off the uh Richter. You know what I mean? They they they, they just listen to it in their own privacy. You know what I mean? I know for a fact that Metro Times, which is a um publication out in Detroit, um they told me, they told me flat out. They said that they would love to cover the uh, uh LP and they 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 like it, but with a title like sedition they told me flat out that they can't, they can't, they can't do nothing with it. You understand what I'm saying? They said they seen the creative value in it, but with a title like Sedition, they couldn't do nothing with it. And that brings me to the Serenity LP that I'm working on right now that I'm writing. Believe it or not, it's not like a situation where I've been backed into a corner and so now I got to release a record called or release a LP called Serenity. Ah, it's just organic. It's organic. That's Tell just us where I'm about I, that, Mar. That's Tell that's us about a, it. actually um Fourth Disciple and um um Supreme uh Wilder is gonna uh be producing it and mastering it and mixing it. And um it's actually to be quite honest, it's showing a different side of me. You know what I mean? I've stopped watching so much CNN and so much news and shit like that. And it's more so about um just trying to find some serenity, just trying to find a place to where um, you can relax and feel comfortable with being yourself and being who you are. And um, I, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised about it. But um, those who understand the, the process of maturity and maturation, I don't think they're going to be surprised about it. It's probably going to hit home with them. I really love what you just said, um, for real. Because um, actually, I don't know if Preach is still watching, but something he's been saying is disconnect. Make sure yeah. you take that time to like disconnect, right? So I feel like what you're saying is completely in line with what I what I've been hearing him say, and it's something that I've I found myself doing too. 
um, trying to get away from that rugamaru because a lot of it, especially for me, like American politics, like why am I throwing my heart and soul into the politics of a country that I can't even, I'm not even allowed to vote, you know, like I have nothing to do with that conversation. I'm just a participant watching the world play out. Um, but I can do this and I can learn about how to like better market music and you know what, you know, how to have different goals and um, how to have fun again. Like I know it sounds goofy. But... Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. From your perspective, you know what I mean? What do you think is the best way to market? Do you think the best way to market is to grassroots, you know what I mean? Get some graffiti artists in the bomb and tag the neighborhood and shit like that and all major me metropolises and stuff like that? Or do you think the digital marketing is, 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 is most viable? It's a big question because it depends on a lot of factors like who do you want? If you want the most people, it's a different answer than if you want a niche because the answer to the niche question is whatever the fuck will work with that group. If you live in a hood and graffiti art is the best way to pull that off, invest in graffiti art. If I were to try that, it would be a bad investment because of where I live and the circumstance. I mean, there's ways to get murals done, but I can't afford that shit, so it's not good for me. I think um, one of the worst ways to do it is paid ads unless you have a conversion funnel. Uh, what I mean is if you have a way to sell a product after, a paid ad is a good thing. But if you're just trying to get spins, it's a really bad investment, in my opinion. Playlist and shit's a gamble, in my experience. So, like, if you know what you're doing and you have the right sound that's marketable, da-da-da. I guess if you can fit into playlists. But, like, for my music, I don't fit into playlists very well. I've tried hard to stand out, which is actually bad for algorithmic organic growth. So, my answer is um, it uh, also it has your age. If you're 20... You can probably get a fuck ton of people to go to your show, go do shit like that, where you can sell tickets because you'll fucking make bank on that. And now with this coronavirus shit, though, it's amazing for me because my plan was always to market uh, kind of organic community growth online. Um, so this is a gift. It has been a blessing. I, you wouldn't be here on my Twitch. I wouldn't have this all happening because everyone was blowing me off because they had no time to come to my crib and do it. Now everyone's just. I'm like, dude, it's illegal. You have to do it online or you don't get to do it. It's so great. The government handed me a weapon to make this happen. So I'm able to just streamline it now. And it's, it's working. And everything in my life, man, it's gotten like this. Because people are now joining my wave. I was all about this virtual reality fucking pushing the future before Corona. So for me, I saw this is the future. Uh, an example of like how an artist can manifest it. It took me forever to create. It took me forever to find ways to make hip hop or my hip hop side of my life meet the internet side of my life. But an example of what I think the optimal marketing would be is Twitch and platforms like Twitch. And it's because my boy Spades is in the chat. Twitch shit. We've got to talk about that Twitch shit after. No, it's, it's actually, I'm going to bring up what I mean right now because it's, it's how I want to market. And I don't even know other effective ways, but I think what I'm doing here is going to work. So what I saw is, look at rappers, man. They do like basketball games and they do all sorts of shit I'm talking about famous people. They do all sorts of shit that has nothing to do with their fucking music to get people interested in them, to show that they're interesting people. So Twitch is just a tool. It's a way that guys like the people watching us in the chat can get excited and chat with us. And of all the tools out there, I believe no. it's the best one. They so charge it No, Everything's free. And if you get 50 followers and enough viewers, you start getting ad money. So it's dope and you should be there is what I'm saying. Because okay. if you can grow your platform, so listen, I don't make a lot on YouTube, but I'm about to get a, a nice little little bonus at Christmas time because I hit the threshold for payout. 
So I learned a little bit, like what you're saying with publishing. If we correlate that to online content, it's the same absolute fucking shit, right? It's the same shit. So you call it an album sale. I call it an ad play. So I play a thousand ads and I can't tell you what I make, but I can tell you that for every thousand monetized ads, I make 12 US, 1298 US dollars at last count. Now, do I get a lot of web traffic? No, but it's the same concept. It trickles in. I used to make a dollar a month. I have my best. I have a number I can brag about off camera to you. See the it's thing. About run. I like to, I like to, I like to have a whole bunch of revenue streams coming in from a whole bunch of different situations because then at the end of the month, you really look at it. You're just trying to hit a mark. I mean, whatever your cost of living is, you know what I mean? Exactly. And I like to create re revenue streams from here, there and everywhere. You know what I'm so saying? Where Twitch gets sexy because it's a culture built around this, right? This is like, never try to reinvent the wheel. The culture around Twitch is this live streams and donations donations so now you are out there you're doing donations though because sometimes like you said you've already got all these other rev streams and you said how how do i market it this isn't how other people would market it is how i want to market it too right because check it preach is on his twitch too preach took this stream and put it on his stream now this works if a squad does this as in if 20 30 40 of us collaborate and create web traffic because once we're all at 10 100,000 200 this is long-term investment game this is like publishing it's not quick results but i'm telling you i will be making quit my job money within five years off of these inception points think about it i'm going to be doing three to four of these interviews a week let's say and let's That's say i'm getting 50 dollars a stream in the future and I give half of it away, fine. That's still $100 a week, bonus money. Then we have merch. Then we have Patreon. I don't know if you know what Patreon is, but Patreon is the equivalent of a fucking- Your portfolio, basically. That's what that's what motherfuckers say. You, you diversifying your portfolio. Yep, all of these little rev streams combined together are all based on the fact of me being internet person online constantly. But at the same time, if I go write my music album online, I'm fuck it. I don't care. This is something I want to experiment with. Other people don't have to take this advice. I encourage everyone to fuck with new things because the kids are fucking with new things. And our competition, unfortunately, includes 20 year olds that probably look better than us and have twice the energy of us. And I think I that's something. Though, I don't know if 20 year olds is fucking with my shit. I'm being You'd be surprised. What I've learned on the internet is you just don't know and everyone's fucking with your shit potentially if you play the internet game. You actually could achieve... So here's what happens to me, right? I do album reviews and I attract a beast. Then I do interviews and I attract a preach. And then I go along the way, yo, I make music and I squeeze it in here and there. And then the preach and Kobia fucking gave me the biggest gift of my fuck. Yo, he's man of the year to me. He gave me the best advice on how to do this interview shit. And he got me to perform under pressure this year. Why? Because I did an internet thing with him or whatever. I was on a call and it had nothing to do with music. I was actually on a call talking about social issues that had nothing to do with music. That led to a Facebook chat and it organically led him. So what I want to do with the internet and what I recommend everyone is to create communities on the internet that let you do goofy shit that have nothing to do with your music. And then you do little things like, hey, I'm a rapper too, because yo, I'm a rapper too, check my shit, in the middle of your interview. And then maybe people get a little curious. And I guarantee you, that's what the big boys are doing, because you don't see the don't big boy in Thirsty. I don't want to be looked at just like a fucking rapper, bro. I'm serious. I'm just being honest. No, man. no, but I don't, what I'm saying is, is you're not. 
you're just beasts, being beasts. I don't think anybody here is going to look at you after this interview and go, this guy's just a rapper. I'm going to get a tattoo right here that says Rider's Glock. You think that's fucked up? Nope. I think if it means something to your soul, because, yo, you are the Rider's Glock. That is your moniker. I used the word moniker last time. I fucking loved it. Um, <laughs> um, that makes sense to you. If I were to get a tattoo of something that made sense to me, it makes sense to me. I don't fucking care what other people think in that regard. Yeah, I, I got tats. I got a few tats. I'm not. Um, I wanted one tattoo. Uh, then I was a cheap ass for a long time. And now um, I'm... I'm how many people... Hold on, hold on. How many people we got, man? Yo, yo, if you have a tattoo, put it out in the chat. Good engagement move. Personally, I'm afraid of the needle. I'm not going to lie. I'm afraid of it. I don't know that I can go through that shit. Uh, oh, we instead got a spam comment. I know. I know I got to fucking turn on filters and shit for spams. Oh, you don't want to spam? No, it is like somebody's like, you could buy views, blah, blah, blah. I know I'm supposed to do something to turn it off, but I keep forgetting. So I'm going to figure and deal with that for the next one. But um, again, the internet, I'm also like 33, right? And I'm super deep into tech culture and all of my marketing ideas would it work? What I think for me and mine, what will get the audience I'm trying to go for is going to be shit like playing Among Us on the internet so that randos will stumble upon it and we drop. And this is what I, I want to fuck with. I want to do interviews like this because what it shows people is I'm more than a rapper. I'm a guy that has a girlfriend. I'm a guy that like fucking, you know, I, yo, I made sure to flirt with my girlfriend on that Among Us call. Why? It was strategic. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't do shit random. It was so that people saw I treat her right and that she's fond of me, right? And then, uh, you know, I'm bringing her up now because I'm pretty sure she's watching. Oh, she gave me a heart right now. See? Hey, you know, I'm thinking about go. later on in the bedroom times, you know? You're trying to get them brownie points. But it's also trying to, like, be showing the world that I'm a human that has all sorts of shit in my life. I'm like, I have a day job and I had the fucking rapper. Yo, I am an MC. And that is what I wish everyone loved me for. But I'll probably have a lot more success getting people to appreciate me as a human, which I think is more important if I just act like a human and stop trying to be like Mr. Rapper Man. But this is again, look, I've been going through these interviews, right? And in the last month and a half of my life, it's been this revelation of mindfuckery where it's just nonstop thoughts on exactly this topic. So I can't say I'm right. I'm saying I'm trying to ignore what the entire rest of people I know are doing. And I'm trying to invent new so that my city can find a new path forward. Because Montreal is a tech city, believe it or not. We have all the tech people here. Why don't we leverage that reputation to fucking success? Be the, This is Montreal too, right? I'm not in Detroit. I'm not in Michigan. I'm in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, a place that has its own unique world and shit. So I don't know. I think that's the path. And that's how I believe you need to think about marketing in order to achieve your goals. I've done social media courses. I do this as a day job a little bit, not all of it, but I kind of like I deal with PDF software. It's fucking boring. But what I realized is if people can make PDF software flip traffic on the internet, trust everybody in, in it can use the internet in a more interesting way now the problem i find is what i'm calling no offense old man thinking because I, I do have the privilege of also talking to the 20 year old as much as i had the privilege of talking to the wiser person because yo beast note you have taught me a lot in this very call and i appreciate that to the bottom of my soul and i don't think you should do anything that doesn't make sense to you because like you said being true to your soul created the beautiful music you're creating but 
what I call old man thinking is the shit where people go, nah, I'm worried about what people think about me if I do some goofy new shit. And that's what I'm translating. People worried about like, because I've talked to people about this Among Us game. And they're like, I don't want to play video games on Twitch. And I'm like, dude, you're not even looking into what the fuck it is. It's, it's 10 rappers shit talking on a call. Think about how good that is for our brands. And then half the people listened and half the people ignored what I had to say. And that is something that I think is how we all need to start. Is it really a bad use of, we laughed for two hours, worst case scenario, nobody cared, but we had fun. Like, why aren't we even trying to have fun together anymore? Anyway, this is all, yo, thank you D1 Gaming. I appreciate that comment too. And again, I don't know that I'm right, but um, this is just what I want to say. I want that, I want to have fun. This is fun. Are you having fun, Beast? <laughs> yeah, I'm having fun. It's all good, bro. I'm having fun. And they're in the comments having fun. This makes hip-hop look good to me. Whoa. We are at 14, and I swear at least 10 different people have chatted. So we got a lit situation for my channels. We're in the top three of my channel in terms of live viewers at once, okay? So this is also possibly where, like, Nobody's getting bigger, better numbers, so I'm saying big ups. You're making my fucking analytics look good, and I appreciate That's, that. I appreciate it. That's what's up. I just wanna, I just wanna shout out to all the producers um, that have faith in me. You know what I mean? That work with me, all of the artists that work with me, and um, stuff like that. You know what I mean? I also wanna shout out to my family that then um, supported me and um, got me this far. And um, I also want to tell people, you know, check out that um, when you when you celebrating uh, uh, the new year, um, definitely check out that Shabazz the Disciple record. Um, it's called Gethsemane. Um, for those who don't know, Gethsemane, the Garden of Gethsemane, is where um, uh, Judas, um, who was the backstabber, that uh, he was like a friend of me. Um, he was a friend, but he turned into an enemy. Um, that basically hunt that led um, Pontius Pilate's um, troops to capture um, Jesus Christ, and 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 they captured him in the Garden of Gethsemane, and um, that's kind of like what this record is about. Um, and Shabazz the disciple has a, um, a method um, of um, drawing parallels between the biblical times and the times that we live in right now. And um, I want you to check that out on um, uh, 12 a.m. on 1-1-2021. Um, uh, uh, so that's what's up. I appreciate the support. Yo, I got to just say, shout out D1 Gaming for uh, following because that's the rules on Twitch. If they follow, you got to interrupt and shout them out. That's what's up. I will absolutely check that out. I'm pretty sure my girlfriend will kill me if I do that when the clock drops. I'm not going to lie to you. I think that I have to prioritize her in that moment. But I will make the effort to listen to it on the first. Turn it up. I'm telling you, on at 12 a.m. The Simony by Shabazz Disciple. I'm telling you, it's, it's lit. That's what I'm the gonna... kids are right now. They say it's lit. It's lit. It's, it's, Yo, it's love... I'm trying to make... I'm trying to make lit something we say too. I actually describe my Twitch as lit because it's fun. And I feel like that's something we can learn from the kids. Fun. And I think if we think back to your serenity idea and detaching away from CNN and all that, I think the goal is a little bit to have more fun, right? I think serenity is different for every person. You know what I mean? What your serenity is and what my serenity is 
it's all different for every person. Yes, I I think that's fair. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, the bigger the bigger thing um, with the marketing is if the world wants fun, why are we trying to fight that? I'm not saying give up who we are. I'm trying to right. understand like he's uh, how do like you like you did you met it in the middle. They were like sedition is a hostile name and that was a problem. So literally your next album is called Serenity. Part of my is part of my legacy. And it's an amazing part of it. But the fact that you pivoted to something like Serenity is also part of your boss thinking. I think everybody is in the pursuit of happiness. I mean, in the pursuit of finding some type of happiness, some type of some type of serenity, you know what I mean? Um, some type of uh peaceful uh state of being, you know what I'm saying? And that's what this record is uh this next record that I'm on right now, the first single is gonna release on 12 12 2020. It's called Mutual Funds. And also don't sleep. Actually it has an intro where actually I'm putting people up on game as far as um this guy who's my um Jeff Azary. He's my um financial um uh he, he advises me on my finances and shit like that. And, uh, excuse me, excuse me, you'll, no you'll you get an opportunity to um, get in contact with him if you want to. I absolutely want to. I want to talk to all sorts of people because I think that's what's fucking fun, man. I think that's what makes it cool. That's why people are here. And I use the word fun because it's something I'm trying to train myself because it is in the same point of serenity. Let's be real. Um, the last few years of life have been very strange. Uh, I have felt personally very charged up and negative for years. I let that negativity be a fuel and a source that drove me and it did a lot for me. But is it good for me? It was the question I think a lot of us have asked ourselves this year. Well, that's exactly where I'm at. I'm at the point where, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like getting ready to turn 47. God willing, I turn 47 on February the 10th. You know what I mean? And like right now, I just want to be happy, man. You know what I mean? I don't really want to be, you know what I mean, fucking around with too much motherfucking uh, uh, trials and tribulations and shit like that, man. I, I just want to be happy, man. That's all. I, I just want to be happy. Dude, I love that you're saying this because so often we, okay, look, this is maybe a bit of me projecting, so it's always worth stating this is my opinion and not facts of life, but I think especially with men, we spend so much time trying to put up that fake shit trying to be like we're superman trying to do this workaholic culture but what people don't realize is that the culture is exponentially going to tax you to a hundred all your hours it's just it's what it's going to be and you can try to fight every battle in the world but you're not not to say that we like basically uh yo apparently we got a room full of humble mcs in here preach we got duon gaming has got some stuff that was published in need for speed so shut up for that that's big respect so you're amongst some bosses right now and all the bosses are saying you're the you're a fucking real one so kudos man appreciate it man tell them tell them uh, i appreciate it man i appreciate them even tuning in because they could be anywhere right now and just, just, but, but you know what I mean? Just tuning in and checking out beasts and checking out behind that suit. You know what I mean? Um, oh. Ma'am, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm flattered, man. And I, I appreciate the support. Man. Yo, and I, I like what you said, cause it was something I wanted to touch on a bit before you have on multiple occasions, shouted out your men. Like I bet everybody in here knows every one of the four dudes, you know, they all know them. Why? Cause you kept bringing up their names. And what I believe, I believe that, uh, as a boss, you're supposed to put your man forward. 
and that and just no, ties into proof because you didn't even say that you just did it right yeah, Big that's respect. A, a disciple that's decomposed that's svet uh spell s-v-e-t check him out he's a Yo, phenomenal I'm gonna, I'm gonna link the all eyes publishing site and uh you know i'm gonna drop it into the chat now so they can all click on it and then that way it's better than the second we go to spell it out i'm like my job is to link everybody <laughs> so don't worry about that solomon charles them my guys right there man them guys right there had enough faith in me and, and what i was putting together like i don't know i think about four five six years ago or something like that and um i appreciate it man i mean them guys um they they could have all of them especially uh shabazz the disciple shabazz the disciple man that cat don't have to fuck with me he could fuck no. with him but he chose to fuck with me and so i appreciate it so we got a request again to hear a little sample of some of your music if you're okay with me hitting that play on a what, what track out would you like the people to hear a little not anything on release what track on your spotify can i hit play on that they would dig i mean any of them really i approached them all as if they were singles i mean right, um, i'm gonna I, I i'm gonna throw on ungovernable circa 2009 because that shit was fun yeah. as fuck <laughs> Special shout out to Malachi the Most High. Um, yeah, Malachi produced that. Actually, I co-produced that too. So now we yeah. playing that a little bit. They, they can all hear it. Yeah. And it's just to show them that back in the day, Beast also has the fucking game, right? Because this is 2009 yeah. era. This isn't just modern Beast. Yeah, no question. Uh, I'm being told to turn it up. Oh. I forgot, I forgot, I forgot, I did it. You got a sample because I can't hear a thing that you are saying while the beat is on. I could hear it, but I know that they could. Could you guys hear uh, Beast talking while I'm playing the beats? This is all shit. I'm going to sound check next time, but it's a first. Um, but you're getting love again. Word. I appreciate it, man. I, I think love is the most strongest emotion in the world, and I appreciate it. I appreciate um, it. So let's talk about your live performances. Um, over the last little bit, like prior to COVID, obviously, were you performing? Were you up in your local scene? How's, how's life like, uh, are you in Pontiac now or Pontiac, Michigan right now? I've been living in Pontiac for probably about the last five years. I returned home and now I'm actually in the process of, um, transitioning, um, back out to, uh, Auburn Hills. I like Auburn Hills, just slow motion and shit like that. So I'm in the process of moving back out there. Um, I mean, um, I don't know. It is what it is. Pontiac is a little bit more, um, gutter. It's a little bit more, um, uh, you know, thug life, you know what I mean? But, um, it is what it is. It's all good. You know what I mean? I respect Pontiac, I respect the people in Pontiac and the people respect me. So do you do a lot of shows? Um, you say as far as shows now, as far as shows, you know what I mean? I could go out and rip and run and shit like that, but I've personally decided to, um, sit back and write, 
and um, focus on my administrative uh, capabilities and focus on my writing and shit like that. Because it's a situation where sometimes you can run out there trying to do shows and all this type of shit. And it ain't really, it's a situation where you forcing it instead of letting the game come to you. So it's a situation where right now at 46 years old, going on 47, I'm letting the game come to me. You know what I'm saying? So the game come to me and people want me in Montreal, I'll be out there. People want me out in Seattle, I'll be out there. People want me out in LA, I'll be out there. You understand what I'm saying? So people want me out in Denver, Colorado, I'll be out there. But as far as like jumping out there for no reason and fucking running up the motherfucking expenses and all that type of shit, nah. Motherfucker got to tell me that they really, really, really want me to come out there, and they got to show and prove. I like, I like what you said there, especially that show and prove part. Because um, I'm not gonna lie, uh, I went to a rapper show, a, a relatively famous guy. Like you could tell that he was fucking disappointed by the crowd size, like level of famous. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, you um, can, you can run out there, <clears throat> you can run out there and do all that type of shit. But then you know what I mean. I'd have been situations where. I'd have been on tours and I came home with a hundred dollars. You understand what I'm saying? And you look at the time spent and shit like that. And it's like, yo, you know what I mean? I could have been out here building with my son. I could have been back here chilling with my girl. You know what I'm saying? And it's just a situation where if motherfuckers want me to come out, I'll come out and my live show, my live show is sick. Now I've never I've never heard any complaints about my stage show. You understand what I'm saying? I'm the type of artist that practices. You know what I mean? Some artists think you can just you can go out there and just fucking get on stage and just grip your nuts and me mug the pro the, 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 the people that came to, to see the show. Nah, I'm a little bit different. I want to be on point with my DJ and you know what I mean? We want to do some tricks and we want to do some shit that's really going to send people home thinking like, yo, that motherfucker beast was tight. That's amazing. Um, who inspires you for a live show? I don't ask a lot of questions about people's process for a live show. I decided I'm going to start doing that. Live show would be, would be, it's easy, man. It's Malachi. Malachi, this artist named Malachi. If you want to know who he is, just um, Google um, KGB and um, Binary Star. And um, he's the first MC to spit on that record. And um, he taught me my work ethic as far as like, um, I, even, even though I'm not on the road right now, I still, when I'm at home, I, excuse me, I, I I be in I be in front like I grab the remote control for my TV and I be in the living room spitting like I'm doing my live show. You understand what I'm saying? Visualizing the crowd and shit like that, so that when I do um, uh, get back on the road, excuse me, I'll be on point. Yeah, I gotta wonder how many of us are actually practicing that shit, yo, because that's 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 hey, an man, amazing point. Shit. Man, some people don't need, don't believe in practicing. James Brown, he died on the motherfucking stage practicing. Michael Jackson, you know what I'm saying? They said he was practicing the day before he was motherfucking dead. And so these are guys that are universally uh, looked upon as like the dopest motherfucking um, uh, uh, performers. And these guys were practicing. You understand what I'm saying? So I think practice makes perfect. But I also think the fact that you have to practice your performance is is so yeah. interesting as a because you know, I don't want to hear that. 
about, oh, I'm a natural. I don't need to practice and blah, 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 blah. Man, fuck that, man. We got to fucking practice, man. I, I definitely, like, have to up my choreography game as we speak is something I learned in the last couple of years. It's part of why I cared a lot about health. You can't really move right if you're not in good shape and I, I was pushing 300 it wasn't a good place for me uh now i'm in a pretty good place i'm quite happy with it so i can move but even though i'm not where i want to be because y'all do you do you dance a lot with your performance are you like a guy who bops around no i ain't on no heavy d shit now i mean i just <laughs> i just i just two-step you know what i mean i just walk around the stage back and forth and touch people. I look people in their eye to make sure that they're feeling the connection and shit like that. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, and then I go back and forth with, with, with the DJ. You know what I'm saying? If it's a good DJ, you know what I mean? You can you can, you can can play off of each other. You understand what I'm saying? So he know where you at in your cadence and all that type of shit. And then you go back and forth. So, I mean, people, people who come to fuck with me really, really just coming to see me and just see me perform live. Yeah, I like that. I like that you look people in the eye. I like that you thought about yeah. that in terms of how you answered the question because, damn, that's like a level of... I don't, I don't talk to a lot of people about this. So for me, it's like the first answer I've ever got on this. And just it was such a good one. It was such a good one that made me go, do I even fucking do that? Do I even care about that? I don't even fucking got, know if I ever cared about that before. Holy you got to look people in their eye. If there's, a, if there's a female out there that took her time to come up to the show, you got to you gotta, you gotta, you gotta connect with her uh, eye, eyesight. You understand what I'm saying? I mean... Not even though, not even about trying to score with her, you know what I'm saying? Not trying to bag her at the end of the night. It's just a situation where you want to know, you want to let motherfuckers know, like, yo, I appreciate you coming up here, you know what I mean? I appreciate you spending your money to grab a ticket and come and see me, you know what I'm saying? So that's what it is. Amazing. I, I, I think it's great. I think everything you've been teaching us is really fucking powerful, honestly. Man, cut uh, it out, man. Get the fuck out of here, man. I ain't teaching you guys nothing, man. That's not... Man, just look, damn. Even, so, like, you know what? Even if, even if in the bottom of our souls we already know this shit, right? Don't you read books sometimes just to be reminded or watch the video just to be reminded of what you already know? And in that regard... You are absolutely letting a fire in us to make us feel invigorated. And I don't think I'm alone in feeling that way, man. Yo, forever preach, preach. He said big educational with five flame emojis, dog. That's five fires. I don't know what the relationship of that is, but it's a lot. Who did that? Preach and Cobia, who honestly, if you bumped this shit, if you bumped it, the quarantine sessions EP, I think is big fire. I listen to those four tunes. They really tap into the state of the modern era lyrically that I think you in particular will really appreciate. And I will link you that after because I get it. I'll link it to you because, yo, just to show that that guy saying that is actually really that significant. And, you, and just to like convey, because I know y'all, you just meet now for the first times and that's what's up. But that's cool, I appreciate it. I really this, is, this is what I want out of this interview process, man. Is what I want because I don't like to Google that much and I'm very fucking lazy. I'm, I'm being real with you. I'm a lazy person. 
Now, being lazy, you have to fight that. But a good thing about being lazy and productive is you learn the best ways to learn. You know what, though? You know what, though? Real talk. Let me ask you this. Really, when you look at the motherfucking economics of shit, who gets paid more? And the way, that, the, way that, the way that the economics is set up, who gets paid more? The motherfucker who works, who busses his ass, or the motherfucker who don't work? Seem to me like the motherfucker who take the motherfucker who own Walmart. He get paid more than the motherfucker that's on the floor busting his ass, right? No. Yep. He do. I don't know why it's like that. I mean, I don't know why it's like that. But the motherfucker who busts their ass, say a motherfucker work for Chrysler. Man, you can have a motherfucker running around busting his ass, blase splee. He don't make as much as the motherfucker who's sitting up in the motherfucking uh uh uh, big big chair, and the I motherfucker in the big chair don't do shit but go play golf and talk what shit. You, yeah, that's. I'm not gonna lie. Secretly, in ten years, <laughs> I want to be a guy playing golf and talking shit with a bunch of interesting people. I'm not gonna lie. I'm very well. Look, I, I don't want to be a dark CEO corporate type. I think there's ways to approach being a boss that are very honorable. But if I can be in that position, it would be fucking dope. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. But what I mean about being lazy isn't my work ethic. But my work ethic is not natural. It isn't like I woke up at 22, dude. If you saw who the fuck I was at 22, nobody would believe I'm this person today. It's actually pretty substantial. Um, I used to be the kind of pothead stoner that sat there for 12. I quit my job to live off my credit card level of stupid. I've never said that before. That's the level of stupid I was. I had to declare bankruptcy when I was 25 level of stupid because I was so financially fucked because I was so dumb. I never declare bankrupt. I got to be honest. So, I mean, currently... Big rough. I've never and declared I, my credit is decent relative it took years most of my 20s was gone just like that and it took forever and uh and I say that because um the laziness <laughs> is how I got into that situation in the first place developing like I had a conversation with myself and I said if I want to keep smoking marijuana I have to learn how to work and I said I would rather smoke marijuana than give it up and uh, I learned how to work high, just efficiently. And then I, I just started trying to find every opportunity in my life to make life simpler for myself to do more in less time. And um, basically, this interview process. Man, like... you know how to go, man. Sorry? That's crazy. It's true. I, I said mean, that's crazy. I'm in so my I 30s mean... now, so like my priorities. Just... Sorry? Uh, sorry, it's I say you out. just being honest, huh? It's what it is. My story is what I it say is. Say you just being honest. And um, basically, yeah. Uh, yeah. it got to a point where it literally fueled me to make more money. I didn't get promoted at work for any good reason. It was so I could keep smoking pot and shit because I've been lazy and I like weed and whatever. But it ended up creating this cycle of, yo, if I want to keep doing this thing, believe it or not, uh, and impress women believe it or not because that was a huge part of why i even got into everything even rapping at first and everything is at first because now my priorities are mad different was about getting uh ladies so i went ahead and did everything in my life literally so that i could smoke pot and impress chicks sorry uh hang on is it cutting you married i am not but i've been with her for six years so it's effectively the same thing 
Yo, do you think you could do me a favor, oh, Beast? Yeah. We are yes, facing sure. a latency issue. Do you think you could leave the call and re-come back to the call? This fixed it the last time this happened. So you like know it? I'm not a huge drinker. Um, unfortunately for myself, alcohol does not let me come off sounding good. I would, I this this whole interview would have gone very different if I was drunk. I would have been, I become very egocentric, and I know myself. I can chain smoke joints all day and be kind of cool with it, but I can't really drink a lot. No, and I'm I not like that good. I like more. I'm hopefully, hopefully next time, next time we do this. Hopefully, I'll have some, have a bottle of Cristal. I like champagne. It makes me feel important. You know what I mean? Because Yo, like when I was a kid, I used to see people, you know what I mean? Like, it just seemed like, I don't know, maybe this sounds superficial, but people no, it's who good. bottles, you know what I mean? Like, like this is the bottle, you know what I'm saying? Like, people who was popping, popping corks, it just seemed like they was, like, on another level, you know what I mean? And so it kind of feeds my self-esteem. It, it makes me feel good. I feel the exact same way about popping bottles. I don't even care if you check it. I'm not even going to lie to you. You know, like apple ciders with no alcohol shit that comes with a cork. Yeah, really it's, like it's, not, it's not the same, but you still have to pop the mm -hmm. bottle. And I did something about it, but you're right. How much it costs you to pop that bottle though? S sorry? How much it costs you to pop that bottle? Not a lot. I, I right. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to elevate. You know what I'm saying? I want to, I'm pop, I've been popping these Moet Chandons. You know what I mean? For like probably I say probably about probably about five years now. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm trying to trying to trying to boss up to that cristal. You know what I'm saying? I never I never I never I never I never taste no cristal. You know what I'm saying? I want to taste that cristal. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I think I think after that Serenity EP or LP, you know what I mean? Really, we didn't even discuss that. Really, I don't even know whether it's gonna end up becoming a EP which is like, I think, four tracks, and a LP, which is seven or more tracks. So I don't know which one it's going to become. It depends on Fourth Disciple and um, uh, 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 Supreme Wilder. Can I can I make a shout-out right quick, real talk? You because can always do that. People, people don't know the producers that I work with, and these guys are the guys who are behind the scenes. You understand? Yes. I didn't, really wanna, I didn't really want to live off of the producers. You know what I mean? Some people say, yo, I got a beat from uh, such and such and such and such. And they hope that their record does a lot of numbers. You understand what I'm saying? And I never pr I never promoted the, um, the, the, the producers that I work with. So first and foremost, I want to say a special shout out to uh, uh, Chopper Game Conglomerate. That's a brother... Uh, by the name of Ben Poe. Um, I taught him how how to set up a production company and shit like that. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I think really probably I'm the first person that he has earned a payroll check from. You understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about in terms of music. You understand what I'm saying? And he 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 owns um, Chopper Game Conglomerate. And then I want to also uh, say a special shout out to uh, Zowski. Zowski is the first pro pro producer or the second producer that really, really believed in me from an artist perspective and from a businessman perspective. And then I want to say a special shout out to uh, Decompose. Decompose, everybody who knows me knows that Decompose was the first producer that ever like, like made, his, his, made it a point 
to like, yo, I got to get in contact with Beast and I got to bring him to the studio. You understand what I'm saying? This cat's got some fire and I need to bring him to the studio. That was decomposed. And then now, right now, I got to say a special spot, special shout out to Bronze Nazareth. Real talk. He's the real deal. Everything that everybody thinks about him, he is that. He is a boss. He runs his operation called Black Day in July. He signed me to a um, artist deal. And then he also recognized the fact that I had administrative capabilities and he let me um, carry out some of those administrative capabilities for Black Day in July. And um, he just really, really, really showed a lot of faith in me and my capabilities from an artist standpoint and from a uh, administrative standpoint. And then last but not least, I got to give it up to fourth, fourth Disciple. Fourth Disciple is the truth. He is the truth. What everybody thinks of him in terms of like, yo, if you look at Wu-Tang Clan's uh, uh, catalog, I'm talking about the, the generals, the eight generals, the main, the main MCs, Fourth Disciple is right in there in that mix. And for him to have the faith in me to produce some of these tracks. Uh, he, he's producing a track for me by the name of uh, Mutual Funds. And I'm telling you, y'all don't want to miss that because I put y'all up on really, really, really good game as far as like mutual funds and money markets and how to, how to, how to multiply your money and shit like that. So I want to say a special shout out to uh, Fourth Disciple because ain't no way in fuck that he should be fucking with me. He's on a way another level than I am. So for him to have a situation where he said like, yo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send this guy some beats, word. You know what I mean? For him to do that, for me, for me, I'm talking about for me, in terms of the eyes of the public, I'm way below Fourth Disciple. And for him to have the, have the uh, uh, faith in me, to work with me and shit like that, I just want to say a special shout out to him. So that those are the producers that I work with, and I'm very, 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 very grateful for it. See, I'm very glad you stuck around and told us that story because there's even some power in that. Um, something that I find very impressive about you is how long you've been doing this. Um, and I say that Man, because- I've been doing this shit for a while. I've been doing this shit for a while now. I've been doing this shit for a while. So the fact that like, cause yo, longevity is so interesting. How many people stay doing something, right? How many people Man, can make it part this. of their let life? Let me tell you this. I've been doing this shit for three fucking marriages. I've been married three times. And each, each of those three marriages, I've been doing this fucking shit. You know what I'm saying? It's just in my blood. I don't know. I just, I, I just, I don't know. It's just all I, I like the, I like, you know what I like? I'm going to tell you what I like. I like making a good deal. It's like busting a nut. I ain't bullshit. It's like busting a nut. I'm talking about having an orgasm. When I make a good deal, I'm talking about, and what I, what I call a good deal, this means that the other person benefits and I benefit. You Ooh. understand what I'm saying? That's what good I call talk. a good deal. I don't call it a good deal if I didn't just jab some motherfucking newcomer. You know what I'm saying? And I just got over on him because he don't know what the fuck is going on. But when I do a good deal, 
like the situation I got with Shabazz the Disciple or the situation I got with Decompose or the situation I got with Solomon Childs. You understand what I'm saying? My wife, I want to say a special shout out to her. My wife rode out to New York with me and she didn't know what the fuck she was getting in. You understand what I'm saying? But she rode out there to New York with me and I did that deal and I consummated that deal Man, it's a motherfucker, man. When you do a good deal, it's better than busting a nut. I'm telling you, bro. I'm yeah. telling you. God, that is true. I love it. I'm telling you. I'm telling I, you. I, I get it. Um, How I many think... people we got staying with us? How many people we got? We're at nine now, but it makes sense. Sometimes when you take the pee break, they don't know if that means 10 minutes or not. <laughs> but what that means is we still got nine fucking people. And I'm telling you, as far as numbers go, They've been with us consistently for like two hours, dog. This is not like insignificant. Like to me, this is a huge win if we're talking about numbers okay, in my just, life. I got a question for you. Sure. I got a question for you. What do you find the most gratifying? What 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 makes you what makes you continue doing what you do? It it keeps me growing. Um, I'm pretty addicted to learning. Learning is as much a drug addiction to me as anything else. Um, basically, I I find that a younger me was uh, was very lazy, like I said. But then I got addicted to the gratification the gratification of completing projects. If that what do you mean lazy? What do you mean when you say lazy? Can you explain I mean, like, that? What you like to lay around and have sex with women? I no, mean, I to mean, me, that's no. Let me go even further. I I used to be like just to go specific. I would like stuff my face <clears throat> and then be unable to fuck the woman. That would be the level of lazy we're talking. Um, and I I mean like just wasting an entire fucking day, right? Just sitting there and doing nothing. That was my life for a very long time. And you know what happened, man? People treated me really shittily. And good, for good reason. I was kind of a degenerate. I'm just being real with people because I don't think there's any value in lying. Um, I was not a good person. I lied a lot and I did some poor shit to people and it wasn't positive. Then I learned that you lose women like that and some other things. And then, um, and this is a lot goes out to my current girlfriend because she met me in 2014 and that was a lot of a Do huge Do you mind saying her name? What's her name? Her name is Bonnie. I don't know if she okay, wants me to say her full name. You must be committed or you wouldn't have said her name. Yo, she's so into really the shit committed. that we do album reviews together. She's in the chat watching this in the next room. Like, she's invested, like, proper. Like, what you were saying about the ride to New York resonated with me. Let me ask me. you this. Let me ask you this. Hold on. Do you fart around her? Because that's fucking lootly. Are you fucking kidding so me? she has heard you fart. All the time. She gets mad at me. She oh, makes yeah, jokes about it. Absolutely. She's the she's the reason I care about being better probably more than a lot of other things. Because if she is disappointed in me, I really fucked up. Because her barometer of goodness and purity and bullshit is so good that I knew when I met her that it would be impossible to be a worse person. Because I was a pretty shitty, selfish person. Like, I'll be real with you. My first year with her, I was like, I'm going to fuck who I want. And she stuck around. That was pretty That was Where pretty big. Where did you meet her? Plentyoffish.com. I'm an internet boy. I'm all oh, about that dating life shit. Lie. You Yo, met her online. I'm a millennial, my friend. We is in a different uh, reality in that regard, I believe. But yeah, online dating has been great. Because, yo, here's the thing about online dating. 
you can run stats and you can optimize your approach and you can treat it like everything else you do with data and you can figure out what the fuck works, what to put in your description like a copywriter. And honestly, if, if you really yeah, suck... Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. You fucked me up right there, hold. You fucked me up. So you can figure out what to put in your description. I mean, I thought you were supposed to put in your description some real shit. Well, you so figure out the figuring out what so, to put in there to ironic, attract people, or are you being so, real? It turned out the best thing for me was a four paragraph thing where I laid it out proper. I'm like, I smoke pot like this, I do this, I do that. I swear, she can attest it. That's what she's in the chat. She can say to the chat, you can check it after the night. Literally, it was four paragraphs. I wrote this shit. Um, I four wrote this paragraphs? shit. It was hey, four. I want to applaud her for reading four, four paragraphs. Yeah, she's awesome. And all I said to her in the first message is, You have purple hair, and I like it or something. Like, I like your hair. I didn't well, even try. She had on her hookup. On her uh, her I, profile, I, I saw hair. that purple hair, and I'm like, yeah, I want that shit. That's what attracted you. You got well, she looked smart, and she had smart people interest. I'm attracted to smart people. Facts, I like. I want. Orange the is the color that's supposed to convey intelligence. I think if you looked it up, like red conveys power, orange conveys, I think, intelligence, or maybe it's green. I don't know. It's colors do have meanings though. That's big facts. I looked it up recently because you'll see I have colored lights and I was like, wait a second, am I fucking my head up sitting in a room? So I looked up the colors and purple is a more calming environment, so I went with purple. Um, <laughs> uh but you can even argue purple that I had a lot of purple, I think purple is like on some um like kingly shit, like some like some big fucking facts. kings and shit. Yeah, purple and gold, yeah. 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 So what, what, what I mean, like I say, I want to I want to make sure that the listeners know that my Serenity LP, trust me, it's going to be fire. I think it's you convinced them. Fire. Serenity LP. If anybody is out there and it's going to be an honest, it's going to be an honest, um, thoughtful um, project. You understand what I'm saying? It's not going to be a project where. I'm like preaching to people. You know what I mean? When I say preaching, like telling you what you need to do and what you don't need to do and all this kind of shit here. It's going to be more so just, I'm on a quest for serenity right now. You feel me? Yes, I'm me too. I, I just want some serenity. You know what I'm saying? Right now, right now, really, I just want to be, I just want to, I just want to be happy. Yeah, I just want to say, D1 Gaming says, I believe Serenity album is going to be fire because of your old stuff. I, I told you they believe you, dog. We proved that shit when we played your cuts. Putting pressure on me now. Tell them, tell whoever said that they, they put can hear you, my man. Me. They hear no, every word. <laughs> I'm not worried, dude. I heard how honest you got with me in this interview. I heard how open you got with me. These yeah, people, everybody you, watching. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you. To be quite honest, ever since I lost my mother, I operate like tomorrow ain't promised. Like when I seen my mother like literally laying there lifeless, that's some mother shit. You know what I mean? The only person who can understand that is somebody that has been through that. And... um when I seen my mother laying there in the hospital, um, just like 
lifeless, you know what I mean? Like she had transitioned and um, her body was just a carcass, you know what I mean? And um, that, that fucked me up, man. It put me on some other type of shit. It really did. It put me on some other type of shit and it, it taught me that tomorrow is not promised. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And I got to ride this motherfucker until the wheel fall off. And, and, and that's what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? I'm going to ride this motherfucker until the wheels fall off. I'm going to try to be happy. I'm going to try to stay out the state penitentiary, stay out the federal penitentiary, and just be happy. You know what I mean? So just to add from the comments, Duan Gaming follows up. Artist to artist, you have more ammo now, so it ain't going to be hard to deliver all that pain. So you got wow. real people listening That's right here, dog. That's real. That's real. I really appreciate that. I really do. I really sincerely on everything. Seriously, fuck the fuck the interview. I'm talking about real right now. Amazing. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Beast, can I just say I appreciate you on the real? So here's the thing. Inside of myself, as a 33-year-old person, I'm going through my own midlife crises about all the is it worth it. And You're right that at shit. that age. You're right at that age. Yes, so, you are. When you tell me that your age, because you stuck with it, you got to work with your idol, I yeah. hear, nah, this is something I have to do because look at Beast, man. He never gave up. Ain't no question. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. This is true. This is true facts. I reached out to Bronze Nazareth for some beats. And um, I was just really nobody. I wasn't even Beast at that point. I reached out to Bronze Nazareth and um, we built online probably for about two years or so. And then um, I finally got the phone call telling me, yo, come on to the lab. He told me to come to the studio. He wanted me to contribute some writing and some recording to his um, Thought for Food Volume 2. He was working on Thought for Food Volume 2. And I was in my, I'm going to be honest with y'all, I was in my second marriage. I was in my second marriage at that time. But i tell you what, my, my second wife, she supported me. That's my son's mother. She supported me. And my goals artistically because she's a writer too. Um, by the way, she's gonna she's gonna drop a a, a, a book called uh, I think she's titling it Scorned. But anyway, um, Bronze Nazareth. One day I tell you, I was I was. Do they got Myers in um in Canada? Myers I, the store. I don't have any idea what a Myers is, but that doesn't mean we don't well, have it. In, but I don't know what it is. What is a Myers? Well, it's a it's a store. It's a conglomerate store, and it's got all kind of shit, all kind of shit, food and clothes, all kind of shit. So okay. I was on the way to I was on the way to Myers, and uh, I was going out there because my wife, my second wife, has sent me out to uh, go get some groceries. And um, I was on my way out there, and all of a sudden my phone rang, and who is it? It's Bronze Nazareth. And you got to understand, at this point in time, for me, Bronze Nazareth was like fucking one step below God. You understand what I'm saying? I'm just telling you from my perspective at that point. Me getting a phone call from Bronze Nazareth of Wu-Tang Clan telling me, yo, I want you to come to the studio and I want you to come and put some shit down. You understand what I'm saying? I want you to come write and I want you to come record. For him to call me at that point, I mean, it 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 was almost like it was almost like God inviting me to dinner, and so I went out there 
And I tell you, this is a true story. No lie. I'm telling you, the honest guy, too. I believe you. When I pulled up to the studio. He had bought a building on Grand River in Detroit. He had bought a building. He was just coming off of um, his solo record, and he was just coming off of the first Wiseman record. This is his crew that he had put on. And so he hit me up like, yo, come out. He gave me the address and everything like that. I pulled up to Grand River at his studio, and I had to call one of my childhood friends. I called one below. I called one below. I said, son. This cat just called me, invited me to his studio. He's inviting me to record. I mean, damn, son, what the fuck am I going to do? One Below said, son, what you going to do? You got to go in there and do what you do. You understand what I'm saying? He pumped me up, gave me the motherfucking uh, faith to believe in myself, and I went in there and I recorded Bistro. That's a record called Bistro, B-E-A-C-E-T-R-O-E. I recorded that record the first night I was there. And um, I got to be honest, I also got fucking wasted. I got wasted. I was, I was thinking, hey, listen, 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 listen. I was thinking like, man, this motherfucker ain't going to invite me back to his record studio because I'm so fucked up. And, and But I delivered and I pulled myself together um, with the things I learned from the spooks. And I pulled myself together, and I got in the recording stu- studio, and I recorded Bistro in one take, in one take. Hey. And that, that is still a classic today. Seriously, seriously, today in the underground, it's still a classic. It's called Bistro. So, I mean, I got a lot to be proud of, man, and I got to live, got a lot to be grateful for. And I think what makes you truly incredible is that you're taking the time with us to share it all. Because honestly, man, you still, it out, man. it's facts. Because, yo, like I said, man, I learned like this. Me as a person, I don't want to go be, I want to be like in a situation where I can learn. And it's in that publishing vein of thinking. Do you re- Oh, the publishing is the shit. No, but like, if you think about what we're doing here, we're creating a piece of content that people can review in the future at any time that they want. And honestly, I want my grandchildren. I want my grandchildren to look at this. I want my great grandchildren to look at this. I want my great 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 grandchildren to look at this and say, "That was my great 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 granddaddy." You understand what I'm saying? That's what the fuck I'm all about. I'm all, I'm good. To be quite honest, really seriously, to be quite honest, I'm good. If I was to die tomorrow, trust me, I'm good. I have done, I have, um, I've, I've had phenomenal nights, um, with phenomenal women. Um, I have had phenomenal nights with phenomenal re- producers, like recording and shit like that. Um, but right now what this shit is about, it's about leaving a legacy, man. That's what it's about. What, what do you, do you ever think about things like that? Literally, one of uh, my lyrics on my last album is referencing the desire that it's all about the legacy. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but like it, legacy, like I want to be a philanthropist. I'm going to be real with you. That's what's up. That's I want to be so fucking rich that yeah. I can basically do what the fuck I want. I mean, I have crazy fucking yeah. dreams, but sometimes the price I priced out an app and my dude told me it was over a million to make it. And I'm like, fuck. So I realized what i want to do 
is is that grandiose. I want my Wikipedia page to be jacked. Um, but I want it to be positive. It is very important to me that it is a positive Wikipedia because I actually seen a negative Wikipedia page the other day and I said, ooh, I don't want that to be my Wikipedia page. And it was just yeah. like very short and it was somebody taking shots who wrote it. And I'm like, oof. But that's also like this. Like, um, like I want you know, people... You know, you know what, though? I'm sorry to, to cut you off. You really, you really... You really have not made it until you have haters. I'm, I'm, I, it's sad that it's that way, but so, in order to know that you made it, unfortunately, you're going to have some haters. Do you know that? You're going to have do. some haters. So I haven't experienced it in any kind of a big scale sense, but what I can say without anything is that people I used to congregate with in my degenerate days, you know, the broke people that we did nothing with, they don't what like do you me anymore. Degenerate days. I mean, that's a fucked up word. I mean, I'm I just being honest. What is a degenerate? What is a degenerate from your perspective? Uh, somebody who wastes their life, just waste. And I wasted several years of my life. I'm being real. It wasn't like drug addiction, terrible bullshit kind of waste. It was just waste. And then all of it. I, I, I was doing nothing productive for society. Nothing productive. You sitting over there, there. Smoking, What you smoking, man? Kush? What you smoking? OG Kush? Or I, cook, what you doing? Honestly, man? I have no idea what it's called. I never really pay attention to the names. But what happened was is I didn't like being that person and it motivated me to want to be better and just be better. And every year I have one New Year's resolution. It's just one. Be better. What's your New Year's resolution for this year? Be better than last year. That's yeah, it. That's, that's what's up. And that's I haven't. It's now nine or ten years in a row. I have achieved it. You might think that my shit is vain, Dan, because I want a nope. motherfucker million dollars. I ain't bullshitting. No, I want no, a motherfucker. Dude, I want not way more because than I want to. Not because I want to um, do some diabolical shit. It's just the positive shit. That I can do with a million dollars. You understand? Exactly. What I'm That's exactly it. That's exactly why I want. Look, people act like being a billion. Look, being a billionaire is a complicated thing for sure. And most billionaires do evil shit. But there are actually rich people who do good shit. And I want to be one of those motherfuckers. And I want to show people that if you become a, a person who becomes rich, maybe it's not all evil. And maybe you can do good. Right. And maybe I get fucked up along the way. I can't say that everything is the future is what it is. I don't know. But I'd like to think that I've built the integrity and foundation of the person I am that I can now navigate that waters and not sell out my soul. That's what I like to believe today. But I also want the tools to succeed. Right. Like, how are we actually going to create meaningful change if nobody has fucking wealth? You know, like that's you're competing against corporate America. Right. Like yeah. that's. And that's the that's the enemy. To, well, not the enemy. I mean, it's a fucking complicated thing. But that's who you're up against. And so I want to be able to even play. Okay, I want to play. Even if I fucking lose. I, like Tupac said, even if I'm not the one who saves the world, I want to inspire the guy who saves the world. That shit's huge. And maybe by doing this, I can inspire some motherfucker in my city to live right, and he does something different. I don't know. I'm, I used to live bad. It was bad for me. I live right now, okay? I work out proper-ish. Okay, I'm kind of lazy sometimes, but I work out regularly. I try to eat better. I read like a motherfucking demon. I try to live for people. <laughs> you feed them M&Ms, Snickers bars, and honey buns. 
Every now and again, <laughs> I have moments of weakness, but honestly, I'm a lot better than I used to be. Like, uh, I actually like to stuff my face on meat and vegetables these days. That is my biggest yeah, you know, joy. That's what it is. You're talking about the comedic, I think they call it a kinetic, comedic or something diet. Com- I think I know what you're talking about. But no, it's just more, I, I, it's, it's like. Focus, it's where you focus on proteins and veggies and fruit. And you, yeah. and you cut out the carbs, right? So I treat it a little bit different. Food is drugs at a literal level. Everything you eat has a physiological reaction in your body in the same way that drugs do. So I look at it like I can do this much drugs in terms of junk food and I can do I need to do this much drugs like it's medicine in regards to the healthy shit. And I find this balance. You know something that I don't like? I'm going to tell you. I don't like when motherfuckers who, who, who claim they love me give me motherfucking M&Ms and Snickers bars and shit. Yeah, you know I mean, I don't, I don't, if a motherfucker love me, how in the fuck you gonna give me that kind of shit? You wow. understand? What I'm saying? I mean, I'm, wow. I'm just being honest. I don't like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna have that kind of shit. I'd rather get it myself. But if you say you love me, why in the fuck you gonna give me that kind of shit? You know, I'm weak when it comes to that kind of shit. Give me some shit that's healthy. That is such a powerful thing you said that I'm going to be thinking about that for weeks to come because of the level of, wow, I can't believe you just said that and how much it resonates with me. Because every Christmas, dog, you know how much junk food I get? It's fucking ridiculous. Look, without going too much into it, and I doubt my family is going to watch that much of this, but I once went to a Thanksgiving when I was doing really well. I was at like the best weight of my life. And I was effectively peer pressured into overeating at this event. And, you know, like I was was pretty like... it's a drug, just like you said. And the thing about, for me, it's that potato starchy shit. And I love it. And I'm never going to give it up because you're I would like rather... You like uh, rice, no, potato, french fries. You like and cheese and shit. I like french fries and I like fucking chips. It's potato. It's just the potato, dog. I can live on that potato forever. But here's the thing. I know that I can maybe eat it twice a week proper. Like I can indulge. Like if I do it twice a week, I won't you do it seven days out, a week. Man. You lift weights or you walk on a treadmill or cardio, something? Cardio, dog. I'm with you on that cardio shit. So I have an elliptical. I bought that shit on the, the KGG for $250 and it has lasted over a year. It is literally one of the greatest investments of my life for the cost. Yeah. I didn't have to yeah. go to the gym because I knew I'm never going to the gym. I'm not a gym yeah. guy. I'm never going to go. I'm a, yeah, I watched yeah. four separate TV shows on Netflix guilt-free because I was on the elliptical. And people can talk all that bullshit about how if you watch TV, you're not going to be effective. No, you're not effective if you're not paying attention to your fucking stats. I watched rounds per minute, and I kept it above the metric. And I watched TV. You got it's not that hard. Motherfuckers, you get scientific. Yo, check this. Number two, this is a motherfucking Fitbit. You can see it there. That's a Fitbit, dog. I track my calories out. That shit right there counts all your, like your Yo, steps. It tracks the heart rate. It tracks, but really what it tracks is your heart rate on average, which tells you your fucking calories burned. Because that's the most important metric is calories burned in a day. Because that tells me if I hit 4,500 calories that I can stuff my fucking face because I can't eat 4,500 calories in one meal. That's it. It's just maths. And now I know that for those that are really into health, there's a lot of optimization to food. I don't care that much. I'm not going to do it. I'm happy to keep. And then I also have virtual reality. I bought the Oculus and there's a boxing game. So I swear to freaking God, I put this shit on. 
and I shadow box and it's like dance dance revolution and I'm like pa 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 but I have at like yo my chest right here if I flex it's got some hardness coming off of this fucking yo virtual reality because I made it a video game and for me video games and TV motivate me so if it's playing video games and I'm gonna I told everybody years ago the second VR comes I'm gonna get into shape VR came I got into shape motherfuckers don't always believe in man when you know yourself and so I know myself and then I also started running because my elliptical got squeaky for a minute. And then I got into running. And I can tell you one thing. If you healthily get into running, it is it is drugs. There is nothing like being able to say, I ran 10 kilometers. Because that means you can literally run for your life. Now, I thought about some stuff in terms of the politics of our various countries. And I said to myself, we can all talk all the bullshit that we want. And I don't mean to go serious with it. But what if we end up in a situation where motherfuckers have to run? I, I want to know I can run 10 kilometers, even if it's slower than the next guy running 10 kilometers, I'm going more kilometers than most of the motherfuckers I know. And even if I'm not in the, yo, then my cardio got up, which brought me to back to your point on recording, dude, I was sucking for a minute. And then all of a sudden my breath game got into such shit and I got addicted to it all. And my technique came up and I can sing better and all of it is breath control. I can dance better. I can move more can fuck better he's gonna get mad that does does help with recording that that ain't no joke it do help with recording but uh i don't know um i don't know what what else did we did we not cover something for everything damn you have to find up <laughs> um, did, we, did we not cover something i mean like i said i told the people um uh, i'm working right now on my sedition i mean um Serenity LP. I don't know whether it's going to be a EP or LP. It just depends on how things go. But I am also working on a project with Zowski, um, Z uh, H A L A O S K I E Zowski. He 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 he's uh, his outfit is Black Operations. It's kind of like some underground operations and shit like that. So I'm working on a project with him, and then. Um, like I said, I'm working on with Fourth Disciple and, and Supreme Wilder. I just want to make sure that I don't do nothing to damage their integrity because them guys are heavy. They have a, um, a status that's much higher than mine's. And um, that's pretty much about it. Oh, the Shabazz the Disciple uh, record that's coming out, Gethsemane, on uh, January 1st. Um, my record, the first single, is uh, Mutual Funds. If you don't know about Mutual Funds, I advise you to check out on them. You know what I mean? Check out uh, Mutual Funds and try to build up your wealth and stuff like that. Um, but other than that, man, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So I just wanted to, again, just thank you for this, man. We learned a lot. At least I learned a lot. I feel like you showed a lot of boss moves, in my opinion, how to be a boss in a way, how to live like that, real no things that question. matter. No, I mean, I don't even have to, I'm not even the kind of guy, I don't even need to pound my chest and say, oh, I'm a boss, I'm a boss. No, I'm a boss. I mean, it's, it's self-evident by the moves I make. Ain't no question about that. It's also self-evident by the reactions of everybody, including myself, that your music is legitimately pretty amazing. You, you really... And I don't, I don't say that like, you know, hyperbolic way. Listen, I listen to a lot of music. Your shit right. is precision. It has the, you know, 
Preach says shout out. He shouts you out. Um, but your your music has a level of precision that I find really does come with age. Where like you, because you rapped a lot slower. Oh, sorry, a lot faster in that 2009 cut, right? And I noticed that for myself as I got older, I rapped slower. Yeah, um, you talking about that link? You talking about that link with the old records that I that I did back in the day? But you were quicker paced, and it felt more like sporadic. But what I can tell you is I'm you're so much in the cut. I'm more relaxed now in the cut. And but you hear it, and it just sounds flawless. It just sounds beautiful. And I don't mean to disrespect the younger beast. What I'm saying is the older beast has that much more experience, and it shows. And I just think even in that, like, there's so much value, and I think a lot of people can connect with it. And then the fact that you want to grow and evolve, oh my gosh, you're not stuck in your ways. Like again, the knowledge. Yeah, I, I can't wait to hear what. A sixty-year-old beast sound like, cause trust me, I'm gonna be spitting until the day I die. And I bet I'm gonna that be writing, and I'm gonna be recording until the day I die, literally. But I think it's so important for people to hear that because so many people act like there's, there's not an opportunity for a guy like you to pursue this the way that you're doing. And I think just the fact that as you're older than possibly many of the people on my end that are gonna watch it. Um, it's such an inspiration that you're grinding with the ambition of a more than 10 year plan. That's amazing. Yeah. That's real bullshit to me. That is in line with every business book I've ever read. So you really oh, yeah. just lived up to that. In my opinion, again, I thank you for the free knowledge. It was a blessing well, to have this conversation. Um, I Anytime in the future that you feel like you want to come back through, you want to update us all, and maybe your peeps want to come through, you know, send them our way and we can learn from some of your guys. That could also be something we talk about in the Man, future. I think, we'll probably, I think we'll probably reconnect after after I release the Serenity LP, you know what I mean? And then we'll, um, you know what I mean, reconnect and see what's next after that. But I think this Serenity LP, because, too, I got a lot of um, – I got a lot of uh, administrative obligations to carry out. You know what I mean? Um, I got to make sure that Shabazz the Disciples record, uh, Gethsemane, I got to make sure that that record is heard around the world. I got to make sure and uh, amplify that and uh, make sure that people um, get a chance and get an opportunity to hear um, what he brings to the table. And um, I'm just going to try to keep growing. You understand what I'm saying? I'm just going to try to keep growing. And I appreciate that. And I think that that is the energy that honestly the world needs. And just the fact that you chose to share it with us, like you said, as much as all of us could have been anywhere else, you could have also been anywhere else. Right. And for a man who understands the value of time and money, it's a blessing that you invested like this in me. I take that with the, all of my heart, like for real. And I'm not just saying that cause I'm on camera. I just think it's, it's everything. Everybody appreciates that. So instead of drawing this out forever, uh, you've definitely shuttered them all out. On my end, I just want to say for the audience and the YouTube videos, thank y'all for watching. Appreciate y'all being here with us. Definitely let us know up in the comment section what you're feeling. Definitely ask some questions because as you heard, the man will be back and I will be sure to ask him those questions uh, in the future. And uh, subscribe, follow, like, all that good, fun stuff. Special hey, pants. Tell, tell, I just looked at this. Tell forever preach. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you. They, they, they say I've seen this and they say shout out to Beast. And I just want to make sure and say thank you forever preach. I, I appreciate that. That's amazing. Just the way you respond like that, that is that's the kind of lessons people need to see, in my opinion.
But yo, on that note, just special thanks to the patrons, Ismail Gadamsi, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black Hurricane, Linda Williams, Scribble, they're dope. They support what we do. If you want to support what we do, patreon.com slash behind that suit. You can check it out. And, you, know, you know, a little tip cup type thing going on. Um, on that, uh, Y'all be careful. Your Saturday night, y'all go out and have fun. It's still early. What? It look like it's 733. Um, is it. Have fun. Be safe. And uh, take care of yourself. Take care of your health. You only got one body. Um, take care of it. Um, and just try to be the best person you can and enjoy your, your Saturday night. I appreciate you for tuning in. Fresh, yo. And live long and prosper, everyone. That's what's up. Thank you.